Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We just have a good rhythm together. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, no. we go for it. So here we are. This is not enthusiastic consent. Uh, I understand what you're saying, and I respect what you're saying, and you've actually painted me into a pretty good corner. <laughs> <laughs> and yet at the same time, what I will say is this, you are a physically able, sentient man of your own agency, completely able to get up if you are a fucking pussy i respect you oh i don't know if i can do this i'm I'm only doing this to like fuck you over at this point but in the process i might destroy myself i feel sick yeah it's not good not from booze Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the worst idea of all time and the movie, the movie Watch 2 of this Dircom. What we're being treated to right now is a montage of Carrie Bradshaw walking down the street seeing some um, uh, era-defiant uh, woman parading around as a pack of four to kind of be a parallel to the four gals of Sex in the City in um, anachronistic fashion. They look like they're straight out of the 80s. Guy has wandered off in his mind's eye. He's staring into his own feet. He's no good. So the heavy lifting is going to be on old Timbo and I will take up the challenge. The purpose of a montage at the start of the film is to introduce the context with which we will enjoy the rest of the film. It's important in a franchise to go, look, we understand that there will be friends, Fano. Boyfriends, predominantly, and husbands brought along to this film who are not familiar with the back catalogue of Sex in the City hits. Let's fill them in. It's done. We get some very early um, both uh, plot setting in terms of what's come before, but also tone setting in terms of who we're going to make fun of and how. Carrie Bradshaw is wearing what I can only describe as insulation while she types at her old school iMac while she thumbs through old novels. Introducing a bevy of old friends, Charlotte, an uptight woman looking for love who finally, after years and years, has found it in the form of Harry, a, a man for whom she needed to convert to Judaism to marry and start a family. How did she start that family? Through traveling to China and adopting a child. Um, next, for a bit of color, we're going to add another friend, and that friend is Miranda Hobbs. She is a lawyer. She's hard-nosed. She's hard-pressed. She's hard up for time, but she loves to fuck. She loves hard dick. 
And she finds that in the form of Steve Brady. Steve Brady is a bartender turned bar owner in New York City. And he gets her pregnant and they make Brady the Rat King. We've got to round out this gaggle of four gags. And that comes in the form of Samantha Jones, a sex-hungry talent agent who has discovered both love and professional success in the form of Smith Garrett. Uh, There's been love, there's been loss, but throughout it all, there's been friendship throughout. And most importantly, we have Mr. Big, a on-again, off-again, Ross and Rachel kind of a fella for whom Carrie Bradshaw has had her eyes firmly affixed over the decades. They finally got their shit together, and it looks like it's a happily ever after tale for these two, but let's find out what could possibly go wrong in this filmic adaptation of the novel turned into a TV show, Sex and the City, written and directed by Mattress Pikelet King. On this audio commentary, you will be hearing from Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat, who have both seen the film now 25 times, which... Uh, is um, is a big number. Come Montgomery can't be with us right now because he is psychically reckoning with his own existence in this moment. Hey everyone, it's really good to be here. I'm sorry for checking out just before. I just literally had to take a moment to myself and weigh up what exactly it is we're doing and why we're doing it. And I haven't found any solid answers, but what can I say? I did not leave the room, so... Here we go. Here's what I think we need. We need we need carbohydrates. I might get some corn chips in the mix and some salsa, and I think we need a lot of water. Bring us back up to speed. Um, look, man, we do need a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you feel about grabbing the reins, or do you want to grab the accoutrement? No, no, no I'll grab the reins. Cool. I'm, I'm in a good spot, actually. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. I've really come along. Okay, great. Have you got corn chips and salsa on Absolutely hand? Absolutely, dude. I'll I was going to say I'll order us some pizza, but no, uh, no, no, I'll go. Well, it might come. It might come to that later on. But you're off pizza. I can do. I can do. I'm currently vegan as of the recording, but there is a thing that exists of vegan pizza. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Now you go get us some snacks. Right, I'll get some stuff. I'll carry us through. So uh, carry. <laughs> it's a pun. Yeah, yeah. That Timbat is a real card. So I guess one of the biggest things I was just confronting was... It's hard to say. It's like immediacy versus legacy. Tim and I genuinely did not account for or plan to double up this record. And honestly, I was quietly quite pleased. Not just that we were recording as ourselves, Tim and Guy, instead of in character for the Dircom, but that we were only doing a single screening. It occurred to me that kind of broke tradition in terms of extending the game, but I was happy to do it because I thought at least that'll set us free. Um, When Tim told us that we were going to keep going, that was as upset as I can remember being for a long time. But I guess... The time I wasn't talking was time spent thinking. And this is all part of it. Am I back in the room? What's happening? 
I'm just talking to myself. Can we afford this? Yeah. I think we've earned enough goodwill over four and a half years of turning ourselves How into... How fucked is that, eh? I reckoned with that recently, how long we've been doing the podcast. It's no good, man. Carbohydrates. It's entirely too long. I've got some salsa here. Big old... Jo- oh, fuck, it hasn't been opened. Oh, that, boy. That makes it hard to open. You give that, you give that a run. Oh, this has gone badly. One of us has to be on the mic at all times. All right. So, excuse the chewing. Here's the thing about this movie that you've got to understand. It's very long. It's not very good. And we know every bit that happens before it happens now. Despite that fact, and I was at this point well before this um, uh, moment in the arc for Grown Ups 2. Tim, I just I made my piece with it, but I'm so angry. Cannot made, uh, memorize the script. What's up? I'm upset. What are you angry about? I, oh, the fact that we're in. And I can't open the salsa. Yeah, fuck, it's, it's a tricky old... She's on, isn't she? Neither of us are particularly <laughs> strong boys. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to whoever screwed this lid on in the shout first place. Shout out. Fucking shout out, bro. God, we had so many concepts we introduced in the first bit of this um, director's commentary, which we didn't return to. I was very fond of my exploration into Hollywood's fascination with an infiltration of the Illuminati. By the Illuminati? Gone, though. Gone by the wayside. Fuck me. I wonder if I've got a knife in here. Who screwed it on that tight? Isn't that crazy? We need, um, we need rubber. We need rubber around. It's friction. Rubber band, right there. Ah, oh. it's not really enough. Oh, f- I can't be bothered with this shit. So, guys, we're struggling to get the lid off salsa. That's how strong we are. Neither of us could do it. It's not even about that. It is though, a little bit. What it's about is watching Sex in the City twice. You heard how much damage this did to us previously. If you can imagine continuing to do that, which I can't. I can't fathom what we're doing, but we're doing it. So, I wasn't invested the first time. This time, I'm going to make a real effort to care about these characters. Good on you, bro. Carrie Bradshaw. Proud of you. I love her. I empathize with her. Honestly, I identify as her. Oh, you are Carrie Bradshaw. I am Carrie Bradshaw. Yes, we. Carrie Bradshaw. In the same way, a lot of us who grew up on Sex in the City on HBO identify as Carrie Bradshaw. That was me. Finally, after years of battling through the New York dating scene, notoriously terrible, more like, and I was told this when I first moved to New York by people, they said, as a normal, semi-decent person, actually, let's not get carried away with your personality. You're right. I'm totally decent. As a decent person, as a decent fellow on the New York dating scene, I'm going to have my pick of the the people I date because it's skewed so... He- like, the, the fellas are such assholes. It's skewed so heavily towards the fellas. And I didn't necessarily experience that, but as someone who identifies with Carrie Bradshaw, I'm very happy to see her in a relationship, a long-term relationship, not necessarily engagement or marriage at this point, but... 
in love with Big in a a, a, a meaningful and lasting way that suggests it's going to go beyond today, tomorrow, this week, this month, tomorrow. this year. We're gonna, today, tomorrow, We're going to be tomorrow. together forever. I love that. I'm excited about that as someone who identifies as a carry in the world. She's so comfortable that she is wearing um, essentially a prison lock off a cell as a necklace at this point. And I think that that takes a particular kind of comfort in a relationship to pull that sort of fashion accessory off. When you first got with Zoe, when were you like? When 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 did you relax? Never hasn't happened yet. Are you still uptight? I am on my guard at all times. I'm well aware that I'm punching above my weight, and I refuse to accept the fact. So, I will be um, on my haunches. For time immemorial to it's my a, death. It's such a terrifying Till my probably premature death from stress. Yeah, of course. If you're punching above your weight and you keep thinking that to yourself. The guillotine is firmly above my head, waving. I've never seen guillotine in my life. I'm a big fan of guillotine yeah, as a pronunciation. Guillotine. That's how we were taught as um, Kiwis. But probably the correct way is guillotine, right? Because it's the is that the French? I it's a French th- word. I still think it's guillotine. Well, Pe- folks, there it is. I tried everything I could do to not get saucer on myself, and I've spilt it. So now the shorts are a free-for-all. Hey, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry I got upset before. I'm sorry that we're still here. He's I'm back, s- though. He's back. He's back. I'm sorry this that- guy. I can tell. I'm, I'm can sorry tell that you're still listening, voice. but I'm totally back. He's I'm back. I'm here- totally back in the room. Here comes the comedy. It looks like June Diane Rayfield, who is... Paul Shear's wife, fantastic actress and writer, is in this scene. But it's not her. It's just an extra that looks like her. There is a, a oh, I'm not even talking into the mic. I'm talking off mic. There's a favourite of mine. I Really, Charlotte, you are one of the worst. Guy hey, the, can I ask a question? Sorry, you're on a... No, no, no. You're tell, ask, ask me. If you could have, like, anyone in the world to guest on this pod... Who would it be? Who would be your, like, just, like, who would be the number one? Michael Patrick King. Then let's get over there and do it. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got a dream, let's do it. Do you believe in us to get Michael Patrick King? I think it's very possible, but partly because of his sassiness. I had a few looks at some YouTube clips of him. And he's fucking funny, man. He's a smart, funny dude. He's real funny. He's great in interviews and him shit, and, man. Uh, him and John Stewart are old friends somehow. Do you know what's fucked up? Is when you grow up in New Zealand, mm. a lot of the people who create the stuff you love, like the, the notion of Hollywood, New York, America, the elevated nature of the media we consume, it doesn't exist as being made by people or by people who exist in our world. It is totally constructed. Like, Michael Patrick King, Sirius Kapaka, these aren't actual people who walk off set and continue their lives. These are people who are literally... Like, well, actually, first of all, Michael Patrick King doesn't exist growing up in New Zealand. You you didn't have a voice job today, did you? No, it was yesterday. Okay, cool. cool. And I got one tomorrow. Oh, good shit. Good on you. Yeah, I got a good voice. He's killing it. God, Montgomery's killing it. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to sell cars. Good on you. Do you know what I'm going to say? What? I'll go with five years guaranteed road service, five years warranty, head on down to car dealership today. The man learns the script. I do. What I was going to say, though, is that in New Zealand, 
all of this stuff that we consume that isn't from New Zealand is so elevated that these people don't exist as people. They exist exclusively as ideas. You grow up, you get older, you leave the country, you meet people who are associated with people or who are successful people, and you realize everyone's just a person. Carrie Bradshaw walks off the set of Sarah Jessica Parker. She goes home to her marriage to Matthew Broderick, who committed vehicular manslaughter. Dude, my guy, honestly, like, because of the point you're making, that he's a human, that's why I feel uncomfortable about it. He's reckoned with it. He's had to. I feel like we can't keep slamming the man. He made Ferris Bueller's day off. Oh, Rufus is here. Rufus is a dog. If you're on the Patreon, hopefully you're going to get a sweet, sweet gift, which is me holding Rufus up to the camera. If you're on the Patreon and you've watched five hours. (laughs) What a fucking concept, eh? Rufus! Rufus! Do you know what disgusts me about what we're doing right now? Go on. Is how much we have to believe that people are interested in or like us to still be engaging with what we're creating. What we are creating is objectively bad. This isn't interesting. Even if your closest friends Mm -hmm. drank two bottles of red wine in two and a half hours behind your back or next to you. Do you know what I have to, because I know where you're going with this. Do you know what I have to say to you in criticism? Stop deconstructing then and start constructing, cunt. Throw something out there. I'm trying, but I'm all out of ideas. You are. I'm trying to get a dog on screen right now. This was happening here. You know what I mean? You've just smashed a bunch of corn chips in your face. Welcome to this director's commentary version number two. Um, here's where we are at um, life. Uh, Guy Montgomery, he's rallying. He's he's certainly like coming back up for a, a I would describe. A I bit, would describe myself as back, baby. And... It's quite nice because I get to reckon with how humiliating and humiliated I was before live on air. Guy's the fifth gal. Um, Let's go through the other gals. So Carrie Bradshaw is just about to get given the offer of a lifetime of featuring in Vogue. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that Vogue is a um, featured fucking thing in a spot thanks to Candice Bergen. Pretty cool. Here's Rufus. It's pretty cool. Um... God, my dog's beautiful. I want to Look give this you- handsome man. Oh, he's bitey though. Oh, he loves a bite. It's interesting that people love dogs. They're- ah, fuck, oh, Rufus! <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have drawn blood that time. That man. was the most humanizing moment of the podcast so far. All right, dude, I'm going to put you down because you're not being a good boy. Yeah. Hey, Rufus, you're being Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, hey, circa 1998. Hey, I'm going to put him outside. He's being naughty. Tim's out of here. Don't worry about it. I'm still with you. And I'd like to tell you this. When I was an 11-year-old boy, I cannot remember anything about what my life was like. I had a natural aptitude for sports and the written word. Beyond that, I was hopeless. I was a ne'er-do-well. However, I didn't let that define who I was. I kept working away at different things. I had some good friends... I had some good times. Fuck, I can't even string a sentence together, dude. I know. It's okay. I'm back. I'm back. I'm here for you. Um, so so uh, I've locked the dog out so he can't bite me anymore. I've got to train him out of that. We are trying. He's just a puppy, though. It's what puppies do. I need to draw blood, though. At any rate, um, so here we are back in the saddle. Um, 
Carrie Bradshaw is getting her illustrious photo shoot done with Vogue magazine. This is one of the two scenes that I take real issue with in the film for its duration. I'm all for a celebration. The fucking New Year's montage, mate. Where you did that amazing moment a few episodes ago of singing all of uh, what, what is it called? It's old like Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. It's is Gaelic. It, is it Gaelic? Right. Yeah. The um, uh, Gaelic what is, it called? is self. The... Is, is self indulgence involved with doing a scene this long? Although, to be fair, this movie ain't for us, is it? It's not. Or was it but, made for you us? Know, I always wonder with this scene. Uh, it is self indulgent. Is it paying the bills? Oh, in terms of like getting a lot of product placement done at once. It's hard to tease out in this show because everything's about fashion. They've done such a cool job of, in the same way that Mattel were like, we're going to create some toys called Transformers, which are robots that turn into cars and then and then fucking sell them as toys. This show went, we're going to have a fucking show where the woman loves fashion and get a bunch of fashion in. I can't believe. Here's what's upsetting. I've just had a moment, like I had a moment of reckoning before where I weighed up the idea of doing this again and I was like, I don't want to, but it's good because... You, you were in peril. Yeah. I saw it in your eyes. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. And I made my peace with it. I thought, yep, sure, whatever. And now we're... Oh, I've lost my train of thought, but now we're, do, we're doing it again and it's... Oh, it's not even interesting to say. It's just upsetting. No, I just make the observation. I, I've right. lost it. I've lost my. I've You're lost my way. Cool. I've lost my way, Tim. Guy, I need you to chill out for a moment. Take, take, take two. I'm stressed out. Take I two. demand a lot of myself. I, I want to be. I want to be on all the I time. I get it, man. But you? You, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Just conserve your energy. All right. You're okay. Here's what's up. Now, we've got. Karen. You're a nice guy. You're good. You're man. nice to me. You're a lovely man too. You're really, we're both we're lovely boys. Yeah, I like to think we are nice. I mean, prove us wrong. I will listen to you, but we're, I think I think on the whole, and we're nice to each other. I hope so. Even when there's tension between us, we're nice to each other. I hope so. When's the last time you felt angry with me? Oh, it was very recently. You know exactly when. <laughs> oh, when I I bailed on a call. Absolutely. How angry were you? Oh, not hugely. How long like, did it, it was last? Just like, oh, goodness sake it was one of those how long is it exasperation how long did it last not long tell me not uh well you sent an email a very self-reflective lovely email back saying i'm sorry i bailed on you mate were you angry that whole time <laughs> um no i don't think so no i think i think i went oh i overreacted there i got a bit mad what happened folks if you're listening at home to this Dircom we've kind of told we've kind of told i know them. we have told but i'll just refresh okay. just in case okay. just through okay people okay. you know okay. Okay. you can't expect okay. the people to okay. retain all the worst study and knowledge in their heads at all times no. i do expect that we booked in a, a time to do a bit of brainstorm maybe um you know maybe book a live show or two in different locations and uh, and guy was like, uh, I can't even remember what happened. Were you like, look, the timing was I I don't no good. I'd accounted twenty minutes for it. We started late. We ran late, oh, and man. I was I, I didn't look, I didn't I'm give s- any context I'm to Tim. Sick of it. Yeah, and, t- and, and Monty went. I, oh, actually, I don't think you said anything initially, or maybe you were like, come on, mate. I said no. I, I didn't say anything like, come on, mate. I said, hey, sorry. You should have said, come on, mate. That's what I deserved. No, but at any rate. Because I, I that impacted me. I you you really until, took it hard until you emailed back. Even when I sent the email and I'd made my peace with it, 
I was still not relaxed about it until you'd emailed oh, back. Oh, God, Montgomery. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. It carried with you like a weight. A real weight. A real weight. That's the power of this podcast, folks. God, Montgomery, he carries shit with him on his back. It's, do you know... It is funny, though. Do you know what I find, like, pretty fucking dope? Dope? Might be the right word. Maybe. Let's explore it. Um, I'm married. You're in... A, a fantastic relationship, love of your life. I think you would self-confess to. You got a chip full of a mouthful of chips, but I think you'd agree to that. Shout out, Gmon. Shout out, Chelsea. And uh, and and uh, and yet, this podcast supersedes in terms of duration. Both of them, absolutely. I love that. That's a special <laughs> thing. Okay, and well, that's why I think this needs to go on forever. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just like it's interesting to have a stake in the ground that it goes. Hey, kids, I love you. I respect you. You are my prodigy. You are my life, flesh, and blood. Okay. However, I have a commitment with Guy Montgomery that existed years before you were sired to exist. You know what's crazy is as a kid, that's not interesting. You know, like if your dad's like, hey, I've known this guy for 30 years. Yeah. As a kid, you're like, well, whatever the fuck. I don't care. I'm your child. But this one's really for the fans, isn't it? Oh, we're so deep in it. Honestly, though, <laughs> what fair weather punter has stuck it out this long? It's licensed to be as indulgent as we want. I will say this, though. You've got to offer something up, though, and it can't be crunching on the mic. Disgusting. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. But uh, after, so I'm, I presently, at time of record, am engaged in a long-distance relationship with Chelsea. And um, great lady, she said that uh, in times that we've been apart, she started listening to some of the podcasts, previous episodes, previous seasons, and uh, would hear us reflecting on like how much damage or how it's like this is not a popular thing to be doing to our partners, you know, Mm -hmm. like how. At the time of recording, it's like, well, we're kind of not doing it to antagonize, but we are conscious of the fact that what we're doing is not popular with the people we love the most. And and hearing us say that was like, it feels perverse. <laughs> that I'm listening to you, mm. as captured four or five years ago. It's up to her. Talking about the impact of this. That's up to her. Absolutely. And then uh, now... What say today? I say, yeah, so I'm going to go round to Tim's house. We're going to drink a bottle of red wine each. At least. And we're going to watch and talk over Sex in the City. She said, I hate that movie. Highly introspective. Yeah. Time is a flat, cir- flat circle, flat line. Flat circle? Yeah, you got it. ASMR. Montgomery doing a little amateur ASMR. There, there wasn't bad. I didn't mind that. It's the wetness that I have issue with. It's the the slobber. It's the spit. Here's the scene we're looking at right now. Guys, just give me a lovely kiss on the forehead to indicate that he's he's in it with me. I love you, brother. He loves me. <laughs> we love each other. We're lovely boys. We're lovely boys. How many close friends do you have? How many close friends do I have? Uh, oh, no, not enough. <laughs> not enough. Be honest. People need ten. Your numbers or society? I've just, numbers? I've just got one. It's just you go. That's not true. <clears throat> just the one. 
Bruno Cafe. We've got four. Ima- Do you know what would be good though? Imagine if this is how DVD commentaries were done. <laughs> Imagine if it was just like two filmmakers who were like fucked up beyond belief deconstructing the human experience of being alive in the current age. Man. I'd tune in. I'd buy some more DVDs, I think. You know what? The problem they is... They say physical media is dead. If you start introducing some unique features like this, they're back, baby. Look at vinyl. It came back. There's no reason DVDs couldn't if you started putting some good hot content on there. My boy, Colin Burgess, shout out. Shout out. Loves putting on VHSs. I don't know who Colin Burgess is. You don't need to. I don't need to, apparently. You can find him online at Colin Burgess. The thing is, Mm -hmm. he recorded movies as a boy, and he screens them now with, you know, like on public TV, so with ads. It's amazing. He made them as a boy. No, he's just got, like, his all of... He's a. Did he make them or record them off the telly? Record them off the telly. That's fucking dope. He just loves movies. But so what you're watching is like a time capsule because you're not just getting an uninterrupted movie. You're getting the movie as experienced at the time as a lot of people, the most people consume them. Yeah. With ads for products particular to that time. And That's it's interesting. Dope. I like that. I like but, that a lot. You know, it's also bought. Like, it's. At the time, it's boring. It's annoying. You're watching fucking yeah. ads. But you give it 20 years, it's a time capsule for oh, the culture man. and the society. I can't tell if we're interesting or we suck. No, nah, let's delve. It does, it's irrelevant at this point. Like you, can, you literally, guy, I won't allow it. You cannot focus on that. I had VHSs of, um, and we all do, of, well, sorry, if you're of a certain age, which is the age guy and I are at, which is your early 30s or late 20s, I would even say only your like your early thirties now potentially. You've got some VHS tapes. Ignore the rattling. It's just my dog trying to get in. He loves people. He wants to be by them, but he needs to learn how to play by himself. VHS was a beautiful medium because you recorded the film and you recorded the air breaks on public access TV. So if you kept watching the film, like you kept seeing these ads, and if you can even see it on YouTube now, there are some movies which are very hard to find. And people upload them from a VHS tape that they had as a child. And they still contain the ads of the time. And it just adds to the whole experience. It really does. To the point where, like, if you watch a movie like, um, uh, fuck, what was it called? The thing with Robert Downey Jr. and Jack Black, uh, the war movie? Um, oh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder does that. Like, it starts with <laughs> their dogs going nuts and trying to get in. So cute. So hey, cute, and he hey, so won't get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Good, good luck, dog. It kicks off with, you know, like all of those. And I'm sure there's tons of other movies that have done it. I think Grindhouse did it as well, maybe. Um, Quentin Tarantino and, and Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. They had like fake ads in there, which have like of a piece of the time, of the mood. It's f- what are we talking about? Man, no, I'm, I'm listening. You know. It's interesting. Sort of. Do you want to do a reading for us from Sex in the City and the movie, the movie, the book? Yeah. For the bridesmaid dresses, we initially wanted a kind of uniform. They were all going to be red. When Pat came up with this colour scheme and I saw them in the grey and marble library, the colours really popped. Those dresses, 
Never got boring. Spoken like someone who didn't decide to watch and review this movie 50 yeah, times. Yeah, that's not what we settled on, folks. So, I suppose if you're still listening, what you're wondering is, what does Tim like to do at 10.30am on a Sunday morning? And, to be honest, I'm right there with you. So, I hand the floor over to Tim. Your ordinary 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Thank you. Where are you? Thank you. What are you eating? Thank you. What are you drinking? Thank you. What are you wearing? Thank you. How are you feeling? Thank you. Who are you with? Kiora. Appreciate the question, this first question on my AMA. And the answer is, uh, generally speaking, probably one coffee down. And um, on, a, on a typical Sunday, look, hopefully catching up with a mate. But ever since the puppy came along, probably like just looking after the dog, to be honest. Those things require a lot of love. What are you attention. wearing? What are you eating? Here's what I'm wearing, bro. Haven't had a shower yet, 10 30. I've had a coffee because we've got a little, lovely little coffee machine. It was a wedding present. Can I say, <laughs> I know it's gross to other people, but I love waking up and slipping into shorts and a t-shirt on a Sunday morning mm. unshowered. Yeah. I love having a coffee. I love you sort of walking around. You're just getting a feel for the day because, hey, why not? It's a Sunday. You deserve it. I Honestly, fucking love it. It's so funny that you say you deserve it because you do not have a job where you need to go somewhere to like wear normal people. It's a clothes. Sunday. Sunday's You're Sunday. You're wearing what you normally wear, guy. I deserve it. You haven't. This is the ironic thing. You don't. Everyone else does. We don't. I do. We don't live like normal. Do you know people. what's interesting? We're never working, we're never on holiday. And yet we're always working and never on holiday. And I abide, as close as I can, the working week because it's at least some semblance of structure to which I can hitch my wagon, which means 10.30 on a Sunday morning, whether or not I have or haven't done anything that day, that week before, I like the idea of me, shorts, t-shirt, unshowered, walking around, drinking a coffee, bare feet, I'm on grass. I'm relaxed. I feel pretty good about the world. There must be a bit of a change in pace well, when you go to New York way. City from New Do Zealand. not get to walk on grass there's and no bare grass feet. There's grass you get to walk on and bare feet. It's really hard. That must be a challenge. In New Zealand, we're very fond, and I think this is changing, folks. Um, right we're very wrongly, fond of, possibly both. We're very fond of the idea of having a yard. And I think with um, an increase in population, we need some more dense housing solutions. Probably going to have to say goodbye to it. But up until this point, every generation of European New Zealanders has enjoyed the you know sensational medical benefits of walking around bare feet on a lawn. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I don't expect you would get that in the In America, they call it earthing themselves. Think about America. Unnecessarily grandiose term for walking on grass. The thing about America is the people, the place, are all entirely fucked. Yeah, right. They are fucked. And I know the majority of our listeners are Americans, and I stand behind this. Yeah. It's a fucked. Do you know what I'd like to say, actually? As an American, I'd just like to say uh, that we're fucked. Hey. Guess who's got a bladder full of urine and a pocket full of dreams? I'm guessing it's the man who's co-hosting with the dude who's about to take over the podcast for uh, three to four minutes. This guy. Tim, I've said it before. I'll say it again. See you soon. I'm going to take a piss. Very good. Love it. All right, folks. Well, returning to the original intention of what this recording's all about, 
Let me describe what I'm seeing on screen for you. The movie is Sex in the City. In the movie, the movie. Our four gals are packing up an apartment for Carrie Bradshaw. Three days to put 20 years into 38 boxes. While I run over and see your mother tomorrow, maybe you could take Brady to the first birthday party alone, and then I'll meet you at the twins' party, and you can leave and be at the bar by six. What's the matter? I had sex with someone else. And you're so amazing, and I don't know how I could do that to you. You and I hadn't had sex in a really long time, and I... God, it didn't mean anything. It just happened once, and it's been killing me. And also it's killing you. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, into the film. So what's just transpired is you've experienced no time stoppage, but um, what we're here to do is experience a little bit of time stoppage because um, <laughs> we've been recording for such a long dang time that the memory card <laughs> filled up with data of our audio. We had to dump that data off to refresh the cars. So we've had a good sort of 25-minute break, I'd say. Go on, call it, call it 25 minutes. I lay on the grass in the sun for a while. You got a bit of vitamin D, ladies and gentlemen, and a bit of vitamin grass also. Do you think that we're happy to be back inside? Uh, no, sir. No, no, no. Of all the adjectives I could pick, happy would be right down the bottom. But just to fill you in on where we are in terms of plot... I don't even know if I just filled you in because I've lost track of where we are in the... And rightly so. You've worked hard to scramble your brain. But we will... As though... We'll give you a refresher just in case. Just in case. Okay. 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 Miranda and Steve. Look, Steve's announced uh, just now that he's he's, he's been a bad, bad boy, bad boy. He's had sex with someone else. And the gals are reckoning with that fact. We're now in a cafe. Brady the Rat King is behind them playing with a toy. A commando of sorts, a sort of action figure. It looks like Miranda has absolutely fucking botched her order. Some lousy cucumber-based salad. You'd be heartbroken. Do you know, if they got delivered, that's the kind of dish that if I received it, I'd be like, sorry, how much am I paying for this fucking thing? Yeah, it looks like Carrie's got a fantastic risotto. What time of day would this be? Carrie's eating risotto. Mm Mm-hmm. Miranda's eating a cucumber salad. Samantha, from what I've been able to tell so far, is eating blueberries with yogurt and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost harkens into... It's like... I don't think that's how you use that verb. It has to be 12.30 to 1. You know in the second film how she's eating exclusively yams for their estrogen Mm. content? It sort of of, of hooks into that a bit. I could see Samantha on a blueberry-only diet for the antioxidants... I don't know though. Like, are they a real thing? Yeah, antioxidants are real. Cool, man. They're for people who are against oxidants. Clearly. Not to be confused with accidents. Now, 
I know that there's a couple of tweaks to make, but could you release a film like this in 2019? You could. Massive tweaks to be made. First of all, in diversity of casting, it's been addressed not just by us, but also by the people involved with Sex in the City, not just the TV show, but the movies. Namely SJP herself. Second of all, length. What they cannot ha- stress this enough. Well, like if you shave an hour off this movie, it might function as a interpersonal relationship drama. You know, to watch four women who are best friends grapple with the various different stages of their relationships uh, is it, it has the capacity to be as interesting as any movie in the world. But like, this is inflated, self congratulatory nonsense. This is not a movie that stands by itself. This is a movie that is riding on the coattails of a very popular TV series. I think if you want this to exist as a as a movie being released in the current day, you take an hour off, you change the casting, you say, hey, it doesn't matter how much you love the TV show, this represents the world now. You also... Actually, do you know what? I don't know. Like, if you if you shave an hour off, suddenly the stakes might become interesting. I, I put a strong case forward for this a couple of episodes ago. I pinpointed the moment where you could shut this movie down. Where's its pressure point? I can't remember, but I, did, I wrote it down at the time. But it was like, it was it was just shy of an hour of what the actual end point is. And you're left with a movie that has way better, like, themes. In terms of... I Big remember. doesn't get back up with Carrie, and Miranda doesn't get back up with Steve, I don't think. Oh, and maybe Samantha doesn't get back up with... Oh, well, she doesn't anyway. Break up with... She doesn't break up with her. So, like, Samantha is defying her expected norm of... Uh, uh, what's the opposite of monogamy? Polyamory, I guess. <laughs> you know. Being single. Being single. Being single. She, like... Learns and grows that it's great to be with a person, so she changes. Carrie learns and grows that it's great to not be with Big, so that's great. Um, Miranda learns and grows that she can be an independent single woman with a kid who she shares custody with Steve, and it's all gravy. Maybe she meets someone else. And fucking Charlotte is a, you know, a paragon of old-school virtue, whereby she is in a stable marriage with two children. Yeah. So we've got all the different kinds of things, um, you know, uh, come and write. It's yeah, I but think, they don't do that, do they, folks? Well, they got to have another hour on the film. That's the issue, because uh, the arguments sound that this could exist as a movie today. But like, this was ne- I don't think it's that sound. This was never it's ju- not a given. This was never just a movie. That's your problem. This is fan service, and fan service tragically takes as long as it takes. I cast this guy. Did you? You this put him in. Smart ass who plays Big's boss. Who Carl. sort of, yeah, Carl. Who Carl Lagerfeld, R.I.P. Loves dragging up previous failed marriages or relationships of Big at the rehearsal dinner. I cast him. Uh, he was literally working for craft services on set, but he was being a real That's catering everyone. for all you not involved in the biz. He didn't discriminate in terms of. It didn't matter if you were Sergius Kapaka. It didn't matter if you were the best boy or a grip. Everyone was beneath him. And that's crazy because this guy, in terms of traditional status, was pretty much as close to the bottom as you can get on set. That's I fucking said, awesome. For a 50-year-old guy who's obviously failed at various different turns in life, mm. 
you got spunk. I'm yeah. putting a suit on you. I'm giving you a haircut. I'm sitting you down at the big boy table, and you're going to tell some people how you fucking feel. It's dope. And he brought it. I he doesn't it. move the story forward. He doesn't get enough laughs to qualify his being there. And honestly, you know, if I had it my way again, he wouldn't be in the movie. But I cast him at the time. He did the best with what he had. Yeah. Didn't come out perfect, but he's in the fucking film. Yeah. Congratulations, Greg. His name's Greg. Yeah. Good shit. Hey, Greg, quick shout out to you. Shout out. Massive shout out. Shout out. It's your 15th birthday party. Who's invited? How many drinks do you have? What are you drinking? Tiresome, guy. It's a tiresome question. And I won't indulge it, actually, this time. John O'Gould, Andrew Maxwell, Ben Pryor, Andrew Taylor, Molly McFarlane. Steve's turned up at um, the rehearsal dinner, ladies and gentlemen, to try and make amends with Miranda. Vodka mud shakes. I'm not proud of it. They're chocolate milk flavored vodka drinks. They're going to make you feel pretty sick pretty fast. Steve. But at the time, I couldn't get enough of them. Steve hasn't. I had... have four of those. Everyone else drinks what they want. We get along okay. It's not a very memorable night, but I'm happy with it. Steve hasn't had an opportunity to talk to his, well, the mother of his child, his former partner. I'm not sure if they're married or not. I don't think they are. Hasn't had an opportunity to talk to Miranda Hobbs um, because she has cut him out of his life, which I understand. I get it. It's a good way to deal with a breakup, you know, the old clean slate. But when you got a kid, it's vodka it's orange hard. juice was the that. other thing I was drinking at the time. Still no good. We just had the appearance of um, some of Guy's favorite extras which is two women in their mid-twenties, I'd say. They're very dismissive of people having a serious conversation while they're in the middle of the best night of their goddamn lives. They walk past the heat of an argument between Miranda and Steve post-cheating. Can I guess what, what's shit. happening with their night? Hold on. And the woman, one of the women audibly says, The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> It's good. They bought MDMA while waiting in line for the club. They didn't expect a lot out of it. They took a couple of bumps while they were still waiting. Keys in the bag sort of material. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is, hands down, some of the strongest and best shit they've had in living memory. By the time they're walking past Miranda and Steve into the club, they are flying as sky high as you can fly. They're a fucking 747, baby. 35,000 feet altitude cruise control. Hope you brought your tape measure, folks, because your altitude will not be determined by standard measuring equipment. It's impossible for how high you're flying and how low that window is. Hang a rope out a window. Get that window open. Hang a rope out. say, they're having a very different night. One of the many instances in this movie in which I wish we could follow the characters who are interfacing or, you know, like, I wish... I wish the cameraman or person, apologies, had license to just tilt the camera, follow them into the nightclub, go down the stairs with them, into, that movie, into yeah. the bar, into the basement. What the hell are they up to this evening? Because I'll bet <sighs> it's a damn sight more interesting than what these what these characters are doing. Fucking A. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, let me follow the next generation. Do you know, is that maybe the big problem with these movies, actually, when you get down to it? Is that it's... It's um, it's fascinating, voyeuristic, of course, but fascinating to see what people in their late twenties and early thirties are up to, 
fucking around, getting into a relationship, getting their heart broken, learning some lessons. But once you're in your 40s, it's just it's a, it's a bit different. It's a bit like, uh, well, I mean, you do you. I you think, go on your journey, yeah, but yeah, I don't I think, need to see it. I think we're getting towards what the problem is here. I think that what people in their 20s and early 30s are doing is not inherently more interesting than what anyone else is doing at any given time. I also think that the most interesting that will ever be is to an audience of people the same age. So, for example, the people who watch the HBO show who grew up with these characters who are familiar with them and care about them are aging at the same speed that these characters are. That's to say that, you know... A group of 40-year-old women who watch this movie take something entirely different away from a couple of fucking idiotic 30-year-old dudes who are watching it just because they wanted to hang out some more. That being said, though, don't you think that um, there's a lot of 40-year-old women watching this film who, are, who can't relate to it? Who are like happily married, got a couple of kids, and stuff, they're just like, this ain't me, chief. Ab- I'm struggling to pay my mortgage. Absolutely. But they don't care. This is aspirational content. I see. People who, What's that for us? The hangover? Yeah, that's real aspirational. <laughs> I think getting trapped on a um, rooftop bar in Las Vegas, Nevada and almost dying as a result of radiation from the sun. Dreams are free, brother. That Bradley Cooper looks like a real card. I think the thing is, like, I ain't your Doug. I ain't your Doug. I ain't your Doug. No, I just think... I, I think, because this movie, it didn't win over any new fans, but yeah. it also didn't antagonize the pre-existing fans. Yeah. It did its job. Yeah, that's true. The people who watched it said, hey, do you know what? It was a little bit longer than I would have liked, and honestly, I didn't care that much, but it was nice to see my friends again. It's good to see them again. It's good to see Miranda again, you know? It's good to see what Miranda's up to. The second movie... Yes, sir. That upset some people. Yeah, but that was profitable as fuck as well. So you know. But those people, spoke. those people were burned. Yeah. We know for a fact we're not going to get it, but I would love to see what the market reaction to a third Sex and the City film would be. I think we saw it a little bit transpire on Twitter when uh, there was a revelation that uh, Mr. Big would die in a shower accident, Your... and that was quickly disputed by Mattress Pikelet himself, I believe, who said no, that would not happen. That's something that that Kim Cattrall can't put out just to fucking stir the pot. Your Twitter account would not be representative of how people react to a Sex in the City 3 announcement. Uh, true. One of my favourite lines, Anthony, the wedding planner, famously flamboyant, one of his main characteristics doled out in this film, says that's all we need is the lift of a leg on, a tr- on the train of a dress. He is devastated at the idea of a young dog pissing or shitting on Carrie's ludicrous Vivian so Westwood bridal number. Claps Carrie getting into a fucking limousine. She's just a woman on the street. I saw her last time, actually, as recently as three hours ago. It's quite different seeing it on a bigger screen. I don't usually watch it on a screen this big, TBH. We're watching it on a pretty big screen, guys. Pretty big. Yeah, Tim's got some nice screens. And uh, we're watching it on one of them. I've got one screen, and this is it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you got a projector screen? It broke ages ago. It's over here. Lent it to Joseph Moore, came back in a state of disrepair. Did you tell by him? disrepair, I mean it doesn't work. Nah, didn't have the heart. If he listens, he'll know now. He won't listen to this. He certainly won't. It's fine. It's no one ago. we personally know yeah. would listen to Not this. Not one. Not one. People who we know... You don't listen to this, to be fair. I'm living it. <laughs> You're in it. Yeah. 
I'm not going to revisit literally one of the darkest moments I can remember experiencing in the last little while. Gutted, bro. It might be I'm a right here, sociological man. curiosity to others, but for me, this is not something to be dredged up and experienced twice. Fair enough. I respect that. This is the bit of the movie that is so pivotal for the plot and makes the least sense. We've all seen it. Guys see it. Tim see it. All of our guests have seen it. I don't understand why Big can't just get out of the... F- this is a man who's making, presumably, multi-million dollar deals every single damn day. He's a New York financier who has been afforded such a, a, a esteemed position in life that he is a full-time driver, just to figure him around hither and thither. And yet he's getting freaked out by walking down the aisle. It's the third time he's done it. This isn't even a new experience for him. Just get out of the fucking limo, bowl. Totally. Get in there. It's a library. It's not even a church. It's not that daunting. You egotist. No one cares as much as you do that this is your third time getting married. And honestly, if you botch it, it's going to be a hell of a lot better than if you jilt your third fiancé. Yeah, bowl. Figure it out. one you've been in a relationship with on again, off again Run for 10 years. Run the numbers. That's right. Hey, what do you think of Anthony's tie? I, there goes the chips. I can't remember it. Oh, a thin purple tie. Honestly, I'd have to see the bottom to form a total opinion. It's not for me, but I don't mind it on him. What would One be of the more timeless doing? pieces. I mean, you and I, do you think we have uh, the same or deviating fashion senses? Deviating. For sure. Is that a criticism? Not at all. What do you think of Stanford's tie? I think Stanford is wearing the wrong tie. I agree. Garish and loud. Although loud's kind of what he's all about. But it, it, I don't, I, I'm seeing it in a context of, guess what? It's 2019 I'm watching this. And oh wait, maybe it was all G, bro. Who's the same It's very sparkly as well. He's got a whole sparkly suit. So it's at least of a piece. You know, it's of a type. Cohesive. Oh, Brady's upset. Now you've done it. I don't think I'd have it in me to jilt. You do it and then fucking bail on it later. Get the annulment the next day. It's the the manly thing to do, (laughs) isn't it? It's 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 slightly less cowardly. I don't mean to make a champion of myself, but like maybe here we are. Maybe it's the fashion which he's doing it, but it's just so weak. Like. It doesn't not just make sense as a person to do it like this, but it doesn't make sense. Or actually, I don't know which is more important, but it does make sense in terms of story, but it certainly doesn't make sense as a person. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You know how later on we see Carrie Bradshaw's cell phone taped up? Do you think it's because of that moment we just saw where she drops it on the ground? There was a borrowed phone. It's established in the storytelling. She needs to borrow a phone of because course, the daughter has true. taken someone's phone and put it in their purse. Fuck. Good point. And we see Carrie using the phone taped up before she's in Mexico. Holy the shit. The thing about Carrie Bradshaw is for how successful she is, how, how nice her home is, yeah, how nice her rich. life is. She's rich as. She doesn't care for technology. She doesn't care for phones. I don't even know if in the modern day, sexual anthropologist Carrie Bradshaw has a Twitter account. I think sexual she's on Instagram. Sexual anthropologist? Insta only. What's she posting on there? Vaginas and penises? Genitalia? Heavens no. Anus. Ani? What's the plural of anus? Bylines. Oh, okay. Bylines and brunch. That should be the name of her Twitter account. Bylines and brunch on Instagram. Follow me. Bylines and brunch. A tour with a... Plamo. Take that, big. 
Blam! Second. Yeah. Oh, the third hit. Do you know? Oh, number four. Only just occurred to me. He's being Five. struck by a bouquet of roses. Sure, Six. he's being hit by buds initially. What are you going to do about it? Mm. But as soon as you get through the buds and you're down to stalk, those are some pointy, thorny little fuckers Fuck that are going to dig into your skin, your yeah. forehead, your cheek, your neck, the areas he's being struck. That's going to hurt. He's going to bleed. There yeah, should be some scabs. It. He deserves it, man. I don't care whether he deserves it or not. I'm just saying in terms of realism, in terms of wardrobe and makeup, we need in terms to see of some continuity, scars. we need to see a little bit of fresh blood. Uh, not a lot. Yeah. He doesn't need to go to hospital. He doesn't need to go to any. Although he could. The guy's doing fine. Mm. Look at him. Have you ever been in a limo? Oof. Once I think it was ha- like six form ball maybe. Oh, with Something the lads. Oh, it was lads and fell. I went to a co-ed school guy. Oh, okay, you don't need to fucking throw my nose in your idyllic teeth. You literally years. asked a question and I answered it. Yeah. Well, I'm volatile. I'm sobering up, but I'm still crazy. You need to get some water on you, friend. Yeah, and no, I got a bottle right here. Oh, okay, good. Get it on you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think we were in a limousine that night, but um, off the top of my head, not not one that I can recall. Let me put it that way. Freestyler. What about you? Straight from the top of my dome. Very much a song that was around that time. Uh, Although it was old at that stage. I've been in a limo, school ball. That song situation. must be almost 20 years old. Older. Like 18 years old. Who's to say, hey, look, it's Man. your wife. Yeah. Playing with the doggy. She's having a good time. Resplendent in the sunlight. I know. That could be us. A really good. <laughs> um, Bomb Funk MCs, where are they now? That is a good question. The guy from the video with the big head full of dreadlocks? Yes. He sells... Seashells by the seashore? No. Imported European vehicles at a car lot. In a real prestige location in Nottinghamshire, England. Now, is that a place? Nottinghamshire? Yeah. Cool. I know a guy from there. Do you? Yeah, he's a pilot. What's his name? Keith. Is he a good man? Pretty questionable in my book. Is he around? Or is he like, he's in Nottinghamshire? Yeah, well, it sort of seems like he's actually here right now. It does seem like it. Yeah. Are you talking about me, Keith? I am. T- Keith, it's so good to hear from you. Well, it's so good to be back. It's- Keith? Yeah? What's been happening with you, mate? Have you taken any flights since we saw you last? Have you been in the skies? Well, no. I mean, it's very unlike. I'm an international commercial pilot. It's just no planet on which I could have taken a flight, return. Of course. And be here. Oh, you're so right. I'm sorry for this real oversight on my part. No, I've actually been to a local cafe. How, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had seven long blacks. Se- you had seven coffees, seven long blacks. Absolutely. That's a lot of espresso. And, uh, espresso. and especially in New Zealand where a double shot is standard, there's 14 shots of espresso. I feel wretched. I bet. Um, so, look, what can we do for you? Can we maybe get your you water or... Any sort of bread? facilities. Uh, Toilet-wise? Absolutely. We do. I mean, I'm, I'm almost... I've, I've, you know, we're friends, but I'm almost hesitant to point you in the direction of the In bowl. and out. Honestly, it'll be less than two minutes. All right. It feels like a real porcelain disaster waiting to happen, but the bathroom's just inside. Just first on your right. Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. Very good. Okay, so you're not going yet? No, I have to, don't get me wrong, but oh. I'm not going to go immediately. Oh, I see, very good. Create some sort of dramatic tension. Keith, the thing I've always wondered about you is, do you have a partner? I do. Who's who's that? 
Well, she's my co-pilot. She's my partner in crime, my partner in life. Very good. I cannot remember her name for the life of me. It's not Angela. It is Angela. It's Angela. I think so. Fantastic. You tell her that you love her. Um, I try to, yeah. uh, You know, reciprocated as I understand. Potentially heard. Mm. So uh, you defining her as your partner, it seems uh, maybe a little forward, Well, it's a little confidence. Certainly I'm ahead of myself. I'm outside of my station. What I'm doing is borderline by any meaningful context. But I love her. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, I love her. I truly fucking love her. Good on you. I used to work as a taxi driver. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Black cab? Yeah. So you must know London inside and out. Wow. Back your hands. So you'd think. Yes. I know it inside. Mm -hmm. On the way back out, I'm just guessing. Is that right? Yeah. Fucking hell. My brain only goes one way. North, south. I don't understand east, west. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's a really interesting blind spot. All right, man. see ya. Oh, okay, okay, good to hear from you, <laughs> Not mate. a bad guy. Take it easy. He's off. He's off. Probably used the bathroom, from what I understand. He's in a hurry. Oh, is that that? I'm actually not going to use a bathroom. It's Keith. Keith's All here. right, see ya. Right. Oh, and he's off. Weird hey, point to make. He does. I mean, the bags that they're holding in this this movie are just bizarre. We've got Charlotte has turned up to Mexico with a... A makeup bag, perhaps it's a, it's rigid and it's a cube and it's got like a chest pattern on the outside. Do you want to know when I know I'm in an unhealthy spot? Mm. When I see the characters walking through an exotic location carrying bags, mm. and I wish to high heavens they were in Abu Dhabi. I see that is not a good sign because, and you know, we've talked about it before. We will talk about it again. There is no depth of depression that we could experience in this season that will take us to the place of Sex and City 2. Come close. <sighs> Mate, that movie did some things to us. None of them good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
It's crazy how many people were required to capture every moment of this film. How many do you think, though? Honestly. 500. Count? No, far less. I'm going to say 20. What? Yeah, no shit. You mean just involved hands-on tools? You don't yeah, hands-on hands on tools. You're not talking 20. about the people who enable those people. You're nah. just talking about... But there's about, not that many of them. Yes, there are. Man, are you kidding me? It's not 500. So I reckon there's 20 hands-on tools. Call it 60 others. You're, you're double digits, not triple. You're in triple digits. Do you reckon? Yeah. Early or late? Mid. Mid, mid to trips. low. You did say 500, which would be mid. Exactly. Miranda Hobbs, you wear red all the time. You're a dynamo and you look kind of fine. You're a lawyer. And a mother. You got a wonderful son and a wonderful life. Your husband Steve Brady tried to have sex with me. I said, don't you lay hands on there. That's my body hair. I'm gonna wax it off. Gonna get real smooth so I can show off. Gonna go for a swim down the local beach. Trace through the water like a bullet, like a wee peach. With arms and legs kicking water here and there. I don't mind what you're saying so long as you look here, it doesn't work. Almost though, it was very good. Moments though. Very, where it was flying, it was quite excellent for my reckoning. Really excellent. Really thanks, excellent. mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. It's interesting. I mean, we've charted the highs and lows of drunkenness, lethargy, and sobriety. I mean, I'm not yet at peak sobriety, but I'm on my merry way there back home. There will be a day during this podcast where I think. Here's what I say. Here's the vision for us. We're inside a room, maybe a padded room. Pitted Sal, some would say. And we're just, we're just, we're there for too long. Like, I'm talking fucking a day. It's just on. Too many screens, you know. Oh, it's disgusting. Jesus Christ. ASMR gone wrong. I must apologise. You're drinking out of a water bottle that says Comedy Festival. Which Comedy Festival? Bengaluru. Bengaluru? Bengaluru? Bengaluru. Bengaluru. Or Bangalore. Bangalore, India. India. Bangalore. That's where um, uh, Raj is from in Van Wilder, party liaison. Ah. Which you would know if you were part of the Patreon Deciders Club. Or actually, any the Patreon Pals. Let me say this about the Patreon Pals. My little sister's competing in an iron person. <laughs> is that what it's called? No, nah, it's, it's called still Iron called Man. Iron Man, right? It's Iron for Man, now, yeah. for now. Is she doing it today or tomorrow? Uh, a few days from now. But she just sent me a text saying, "There's an app I can download. I can follow her." Oh, that's awesome! Three point nine kilometers in the water. Yes, one hundred and eighty kilometers on a bike. That's too much. Forty-two kilometers on foot. That's fucked. We mate. are talking about. Upwards of 10 hours consecutive exercise. I can't. And not just exercise. Like relentless slog. Had dinner with her last night? Guys, 180 kilometers biking for our imperial listeners. What is that? Like 120, 130 miles? Probably 100. 
It's more. I think it's a bit more than that. It's far. It's too far to be on a bike. When I wake up, oh, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. Here's what I want to say to anyone who's ever supported us on Patreon. I don't think I'd still be making podcasts if it wasn't for those guys. No shit, man. Massive shout out. It's, it's entirely true. If you don't support us on Patreon, fucking this, fine. This will be good. No worries. But if you do support us on Patreon, know that you are probably like directly responsible for there being another season, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. That is either on your shoulders as a fucking noose or, you know, a halo. Take Halo's it as you will. Famously placed on the shoulders. That's where they lie. I would also like to apologise to those of you who are responsible for continuing this podcast for the previous three and a half hours and what lies ahead. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what this movie's missing? Gone. The iconic moment in Sex in the City 2 when the four of them dressed up to the fucking nines in the middle of the desert stride across a sand dune while a pan Middle Eastern iteration of the Sex in the City theme blares through a Bluetooth speaker. Fair dinkum, actually. There needs to be some sort of iconic moment of... They look like demigods wandering through the Egyptian desert. Like, it's really. I'm good. looking at Set and whatever else constitutes an Egyptian god just in the, the most resplendent finery. Have you seen Adam Sandler's film Click? Here's what I know about Click. I've not seen it. Apparently, the premise is based on a porno. It's all I know. Called the Click. No, no, no. It's got some other name, but the premise is. Is it a softcore porno? Don't know. Did it play on Sky Sky One? Not sure. Did you see it? I saw, I, and I'd completely forgotten it till now. I saw a softcore midnight on a Friday uh-huh. Sky One porn, yes, which was maybe called the Click, and it was pretty actually unseemly. But a man has a remote, remote by control. which he controlled the sexual urges of people around him. Ah, and he would click it, yes, and it would create horniness. Not even necessarily the situation he wants, but it would, it would, you know, like. If you're in a room and you're like, well, this room's kind of boring. I'd like to alter the energy by making person X tremendously horny. That power was in his hands. Far out. It's not so far away that it's impossible, but it's not quite close enough to draw a direct line between that and Adam Sandler's film click. Mm. All of this is to serve the question, would you accelerate the next hour and a half of your life so that you can walk free from this room? Not knowing what might happen in that hour and a half it might be the best thing that could ever happen to you. That's such an incredible question. I think I would. I would roll those dice ten times out of ten. Um, it's rare for me to say that because when I hear people say out loud, like, oh, I've got to waste some time in between something, I always call them on it. Time ain't for wasting, friend. Time is not for wasting. What the fuck have you been doing the last five years? Time is the only thing you can't buy. You can almost literally buy every other thing, but you can't buy time. But you can kind of buy time just by getting rid of other shit that takes up your time. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Still David Byrne live. Honestly, top three. Top three gigs we've ever been to. It was incredible. 
That's cool, man. I tried so to get um, my partner's daughter into Talking Heads this morning. Mm. Right. What do you mean? Into the band? Yeah. Oh, like you played it for her. Not yeah. like you tried to get her to join. She's like, I've got a great new bassist. She's three years old. Yeah. yeah. Give no. her a chance. Option A. Currently, two songs exist in her world and two songs only. Can I take hazard a guess at one? Baby Shark? Incorrect. Do, 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 do. I just can't get enough. 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 No. Shark Song one. It's the same fucking track, guys. Do the math. I'm still standing, Elton John. Weird. Isn't that in a minor key? That doesn't bode well for her. No, it's in a major key. We know who you sing it in a minor key. That can't be right. The second song? I don't know if I sang it in a minor key. I, I, I'm not a singer. Jingle Bell Rock. Interesting. That one I can get behind, though, because at least it's joyous. Out of season, but still a good time. I've been watching the Daryl Hall and John Oates version of it. Okay. They have a funny little Christmas scene. Yes. Enjoyable? Let's get back to the task at hand. We're doing a director's commentary. We've really strayed from the premise. Um, we're in Mexico. Charlotte's about to shit her pants. Guy has exited from the premise. And uh, four gals lounging by... Well, three gals lounging by a pool. One is about to shit her pants. We're playing it for laughs. We've got big soundtrack, big sound effects, and that is what we hear. That's a solid life. I read this in the shot, Sex in the City Bible. That, doesn't exist in this universe. Go on. Um, Kristen Davis was sceptical about this scene. She had to be persuaded by the mattress pike click king. Fair enough. Who said, it's not going to be gross, it's going to be funny. And easily persuaded. Kristen said, you know what? You're right. It's going to be. It, it, to be fair, do you know what I think separates hilarious. that line of funny and disgusting is that we don't see poo. If they had gone to the trouble of putting some shit on her sweatpants when she walks past, that's at that point we're in gross town. But because it's clean, I think we're in funnyville. The mayors, coincidentally, are cousins. <laughs> They're very closely related. Are they friends? But they are different. And they fell out. How chunky is this necklace? Oh. Fuck me. It looks like she went to a child's bead museum. How chunky is this dirk on, brother? Can you give me the heaviest uh, possible version of what you have on offer? And they were like, three, yeah. <laughs> three times over. I guess we can, like, fuck you up with some beads if you want, Sarah. It's weird to think her name's Sarah, eh? I've never thought of that. Because in my mind, her name is always Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. That's true. She was Sarah before she was SJP. And she was SJP before she was dead. Ladies and gentlemen, time comes for us all. Fucking hey. Yeah, man. I'm not. Now, in terms of like, do you reckon you could drive? No, I would never drive a car right now. I reckon You're far from getting behind the wheel, eh? I reckon I could um You could lime scooter? Yeah, I think anyone could lime scooter. True. Probably to be discouraged that opinion, but it's just what I think. I think I could show up 
not indefinitely, but I could show up to do anything I needed to do right now for half I an hour. I fucking doubt that. For half an hour? You have, you're not committed enough if you could do anything that you usually sign up for right now. Yeah. Show up for half an hour, talk about an idea. Yeah. Oh, i got to go to work after this. No, you're right, mate. Stay with me. Stay with me. You're all good. You're good. You know what your work is, guy? Talking about some fucking hot shit ideas you've got. Just polishing them off. That's all. You're good. Shut, have you ever shut your eyes? It's never happened. Try it. No. It's so good. It's uh, Peter Kim of Peter Kim dot, uh, sorry, Peter Kim, Peter Kim dot com fame. He's in the film for about seven or eight seconds, and I cannot wait to meet him. I really hope I get to shake his hand, and I'll feel very short-changed. Most likely scenario is that guy will get to meet him. And I'll be on like a Skype call talking to them both. Ideally, I'll meet him in secret from you. Yeah, that would be really gold standard. I think the main thing is that he was in Hackers, which he talks about a lot on his website, peterkimpeterkim.com. I will not watch it before I meet him. Hackers? You yeah. should, man. It's a good fucking film. Only despite you. Yeah, fair enough. I would love to meet this guy without the context of the thing that makes you care about him the most. The thing I love most about Hackers is probably one song and one song only, and that is Cowgirl by Underworld. My cowgirl brings other boys to the yard, and they're like, she's better than yours, damn right. She's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. He's got it in one. Uh, we've got an introduction of Jennifer Hudson at this point in time. Star on the rise. Not to be confused with Jennifer Lopez. Star firmly established at the time of release. Mm-hmm. If I had one chance to live my life again. Is this her? Get, is, this is Carrie Bradshaw getting sent presents. It's just like countless presents. Yeah. Fuck, that's weird. She's just getting sent presents. People are helping her find her feet. The presents are born of the fact that she was jilted and they were in the room before Mate, it happened. welcome to being a human being on God's earth. People get jilted. Not everyone gets presents. Not Everything everyone... is in a gift box in her house. Look at that. Hat boxes for fucking Africa. Well, also she's just so moved back into her house. That's the reason you're seeing so many boxes. She's in the middle of relocating. Here we are in old Ukraine. Fuck, we are yet to decode that that question name. Let's call it a typo. Don't call it a typo. Written, realize. Do you know where this is in New York, bro? Do you know what part? Yeah, it's uh, less, the Lower East Side. Hmm. It's said to be old Ukraine, but they're pretty much in Chinatown. Oh, true. You're actually having a pretty good time down there. There's a lot of good cheap eats. You've got a lot of good times. There's a great cinema called The Metrograph. It plays a lot of interesting films. I saw The Muppets of Christmas Carol there last year on December 23. It was a kid's screening. A lot of boys making a lot of noise. Let me say that we've just missed Lin-Manuel Miranda's appearance again, but that's quite fine as is tradition. Well, Let he changed this about on. Guy Montgomery. Guy Alexander Halifax Montgomery. Guy... He decided to do something. He decided to do something quite big and bold. And that was move from New Zealand, Aotearoa, to God's own New York City. That's right. That's a bold move. Not a lot of people do that. It's not a common trajectory. Especially if you're in a comedy community. What you do if you're a, you start off in New Zealand, you're a Kiwi person. You do comedy for a bit and you're like, you know, I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm going to go to London, England. Absolutely. 
and you try to make a name for yourself there and literally no one pulls it off. Uh, how about friend of the podcast, Rose Matafeo? Oh, that's true, actually. Well, I feel like she made a name for herself before London, though. Not in London. Nah, yeah, that's fi- uh, no, that's what I'm saying, though. That's kind of my point. She made a name for herself, and then she went to London. There's a lot of comics from New Zealand who try to make a name for themselves by going to London. You did not. You tried to make a name for yourself by going to NYC. Misguided, baby. It's been the hardest thing I've done in my life. That's Do I so regret good, it? Though. No. Good. Every single day. Yes. <laughs> now, guys, doing the right thing. And that's what is important for him to remember. He's doing the right thing. And sometimes when you go to New York City, you get pregnant and you're not even trying, man. Man. Do you reckon you're pregnant? I hope not. You might be, though. Nah, dude. That's the thing about moving. Sometimes you don't know if you're pregnant or not. My womb is empty. My ovaries clear. My feelings about this are very sincere. I got no baby in barely. I got nothing in my gut. I'm just a fowler saying to you, I don't like smut. I'm a virgin. I've never had sex. Say, so how could I be pregnant if I don't have eggs or sperm on my person? It's just how it is. I'm a virginal young boy and I don't want kids. <laughs> From fucking God's mouth to your ears, ladies and gentlemen. That is a hot rhyme. Yeah. Do you want to give yourself a rap name on the on the mic? Teal Hat. Teal Hat, everybody. It's Teal Hat. This is the first track from Teal Hat. Well, I wouldn't buy the record, but I would certainly not skip the radio station if they played a single. Generous. Huge call. Well, Samantha, may I recommend breaking up with him now to save us all half an hour to 55 minutes of our lives. Smith Jarrett's the man. So, Samantha Jones has just come out. They've, they've just fucked. They're fresh post-coitally. What are the 12 stages of grief? There's 12? I don't know. Nine? Seems eight? It's like fucking seven. Uh, there's Okay, denial was in there in the mix. Is resi- Acceptance is at the end. Anger is okay. one of them. Uh I don't know the others. I'm at acceptance of this happening. Yeah. I don't even have the energy to be angry or upset. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. What are you going to do? The movie's going to keep going. We're going to keep sitting here. You're going to keep listening. You completionist fucking I actually don't understand anyone listening. Yeah, no. That is insane to me. I know that we sound like the crazy people, but you are absolutely... I just wish we were better at it. Out of it. I don't even care. Mm. If you're still listening, it doesn't matter how good we are. Something's wrong on your end. All right, let's try and bring this plane back. At least seal the windows up on this aeroplane and try and raise the altitude, shall we? Absolutely. So, let us return to the task at hand which is commentating directorially what's up on screen um we're at the stage in the movie where um jennifer hudson has come like some sort of fairy godmother to try and fix carrie bradshaw's life this She's, is actually you know this the jennifer hudson the, the her character in the movie this is a concept that i was unfamiliar with that you introduced me to and uh, I'm hesitant to use the actual terminology for fear of coming across as bigoted. 
Yeah, there's the name of the trope, which is, I think, quite out of vogue now. But what it is is basically there was a, a, a long uh, tradition in cinema of getting a person of colour to come in who has supernatural powers to fix all your problems. In essence, that's Jennifer Hudson's role. Uh, yeah, it's like a toned-down version of it. But yeah, it is, it's, it's like the only significant character in this cast who's a person of colour and she can't. She sort of swans in to fix someone's life. It does yeah. feel a bit. Fucking, That's the entirety of it. Like yeah. her engagement and entire life beyond Carrie Bradshaw mm. is treated at an arm's length with incredible disinterest. Mm. It's it's coloured in as a, a you know means of saying here's why she's here, here's why she's not. But otherwise, it's not relevant. It has no bearing on the story. It has no impact. No one's walking out of the cinema being like, I wonder you what happened to that relationship. This movie was made a long time ago. This not is an ancient film. It's so relevant. old. So old. 2008. What were you doing in 2008, Monty? Let me throw the spotlight at you. And great, brother. Probably I was nothing in good. Wellington. Nothing good. New Zealand, the cultural and physical capital of Aotearoa. Committing a lot of hate crimes. Second year university. Your boys are living on Torrens Terrace, the top of Cuba Street. Do you know what we're not doing? Taking our rubbish from the house and putting it in the provided skip out in the car park. Where's we it going are instead? putting it in a cupboard under the stairs. How many bags? Literally too many to count on my digits. Oh, At the no. end of the year, we have up to 42 to 50 bags of rubbish just sitting there festering. Do you we think it's funny? It's not funny. Do, Do we maggots? have maggots? Let me tell you something. I don't know. Everyone leaves the house before John O'Gould, a.k.a. the People's Champion. On his last day at Torrens Terrace in 2008, John O'Gould was responsible for, for relocating up to 50 bags of rubbish from the cupboard under the stairs to the skip outside. Oh, boy. He goes about his business with a quiet respect and studiousness that befits the man. He's a good guy. He's doing good things. Sure. After about 42 bags, he's yes. tired. Yeah, sure. Of course, of course. He's carrying bags that aren't just constituted of dry rubbish, but some of them might have a little bit of garbage juice. They're a bit wet. They're yeah. squelching. They're yeah. screeching. He's carrying a bag down the shared hallway with other people who remain in the flat or complex, you know, because it's the end of the year and they just happen to be the last people remaining in their building. Some of them probably riding out the Christmas, New Year's period in this place. They might not be going back to their families. They might not have family to go back to it's not super relevant he's carrying what is to date the stinkiest bag of rubbish that has been left in the cupboard under the stairs in our apartment over the previous year it is exploding with garbage juice not just from the top but from small holes that have been found throughout the bag he arrives at the top of a stairwell he looks back over his left shoulder five to six people have on account of the smell opened their doors leaned their head out the hallway to make eyes and faces at him that say hey so you know we know this stuff stinks and we aren't too happy about it do you think John is happy about it he's not but he doesn't care he's just going about his business he goes to carry what is a bag that is rapidly loosening and losing control on him down the flight of stairs you know how bags stretch when they're full of a wet kind of rubbish that's what's happening to him these aren't your grandfather's rubbish bags these are your low-grade budget bags you get 52 for a buck down at the grocery store they're not designed to carry this sort of weight or viscosity as he takes his first step down the flight of stairs, the bag stretches beyond what you could describe as physical repair. He loses control of the entire thing. The rubbish and juice 
cascades upon the stairs as though a waterfall designed by God and Gaia themselves. This is pouring itself all over the chemical grade carpet. You know, you've got your grips, you've got your rug, but this stuff does maintain smell. It pours all over the stairs. He looks down. Inside of this rubbish bag from date unknown, 2008, is an ice cream container. The contents of the ice cream container? Not ice cream, but also not nothing. Someone has thrown up in an ice cream container. They've neatly put it inside of a rubbish bag, presumably because they think the rubbish goes out weekly. How wrong they are. Amongst the cascading waterfall of garbage juice is an ice cream container with spew that must not be younger than three months old. Inside of the spew, a healthy, happy and excitable young family of maggots who have found a new home on the stairwell of our shared apartment building. Jono is humiliated. He takes the ice cream container, he scoops what little of the garbage juice which is available for relocation into the container, into the dregs of the bag which remain in his hands and puts it in the rubbish bin. We get an eviction notice that is probably 12 months too late saying not only are we no longer welcome to lease or live in the building but we're not welcome back as visitors it was a hell of a year are you truly not allowed in that building absolutely not i actually feel like they might have needed to burn it down after the effort they needed to do it a long time before we were contributing to their problems that tale was skillfully told as it was harrowing to listen to absolutely outrageous truly disgusting same building I shed a whole room in you shed a whole room and I don't understand what those words mean strung together what does that mean you shed a whole room in what does that mean it means the lads were trying to do the hundred club a hundred shots of beer in a hundred minutes individually as a team yeah, like yeah, person to person. It's a lot. So, how many mils in a shot? Thirty or sixty? Uh, I don't know. A single shot, presumably. To be completely oh, 15, honest, fifteen. Sorry, fifteen mils in a shot. If it, it's a double, it, it's thirty. It, it felt like quite a lot. So, fifteen times a hundred is a. Uh, uh, it's barely relevant. What we have is, is a lot of fifteen liters of beer and a lot of whiskey. It probably is 15 litres of beer. Because it couldn't be 1.5 because that's fine. Well, suffice it to say, halfway through, we solicited the help of our neighbours, a group of people with whom we were friends, to buy us some nappies. Can I ask you a question? It's not a question. Let me think out loud for a second and do some math. I'm pretty sure a shot's 15 mils. So if you did 10, it's 150 hundred okay so it's 1.5 liters of beer 330 mils per can so we're talking about um oh boy i've lost it what was it 1.5 liters 1.5 liters is like five it's five beers. beers so that can't be that it's more yeah maybe twice as much 10 beers even that doesn't sound right anyway that's by the by what wound up being the problem was I had too much to drink. Mm. The last thing I remember from that night is we have finished a substantial amount of spates and are looking at half a bottle of whiskey in front of us. Yes. My friend Fergus says, this is pathetic. Let's go to work. 
I wake up the next morning. Yes. No underpants. Yes. No shorts. Yes. No trousers. Yep. T-shirt. Mm-mm. Jersey. Oh no. Puffer jacket. Hood. I've had pulled the story. Up. I remember this. Yes. I get a phone call. It's yeah. from Fergus. Mm. Somehow he's found himself at work the next morning. He hey, says, "Guy, hey, hey Fergus, hey Fergus, calling here. Do you remember what happened to you last night, my guy? Absolutely not. All right. Well, you may want to check in the fucking bedroom." Or something like the bathroom. You want to look at the downstairs bathroom. But downstairs bathroom. I was also. I also had a scab. I bled out my head. This was not a good time for Guy Montgomery. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Anyway, all that to say, I went downstairs and I looked in the bathroom, and the witness in front of me did not represent me as well as I might have liked it to. Who was the witness? What do you mean by that? What I saw, yes, which I knew from the phone call and the information I had and the vague memories I could piece together in my mind's eye, was of your person. You hath wrought it. I was responsible for what was in front of me. And you rejected the notion. I didn't want to engage the notion. Mm. Fair enough. Who would? Shit on the walls. Who would welcome that? Who welcomes shit on the walls? Not guy. Man, I don't know. What did you do after you, you did for a memory of the story when last you told it, you 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 got stuck in though. You went to work. I spent the day cleaning up my mess. Yeah. It was humiliating. You wanna know something interesting? To try and change the subject. I think it was Jane Goodall who was talking about this recently. I think she did an AMA on Reddit. I think that's who it was. No, it wasn't. It was someone who made the latest David Attenborough series, Dynasties. And they were talking about the um, the one with the chimpanzees, I think it was. And they said, do chimpanzees throw shit at each other? And uh, this woman who worked on the show, who was on location with the team, like getting the footage and everything, I think she was a producer. She said, no, they don't. They don't throw shit at each other. It's only something that chimpanzees do when they're in captivity. And uh, and and I was talking about this with a group of people, and someone else said, "Just like humans." I was like, "Fucking a!" You put them in a prison, like it's the only uh, active protest you have left is literally your own defecate. Don't know if that's a word to hurl at someone to indicate how fucked off you are. We're not so different us than the chimps. No, we share a lot of DNA. I've opened up too much once again on this podcast, <laughs> and to think all it takes is four hours, one and a half screenings of Sex in the City, and two bottles of red wine. Mm. You know, we've all got our foibles. Yes. My guard is down. That's f- My heart is pure. That's good, though. Man. What would the people get out of this? Season four, listen to this, if it wasn't a bit of honesty at this point, you know? Fucking nothing. Absolutely nothing. Fuck. I'm so upset I told that story. Why? It's just embarrassing. I love everyone. Let it be known. Let the record state. I love everyone and we've made a mistake twice consecutively on the same day inside of making a mistake 52 (laughs) times after we'd retired the mistake that we originally made. Tim, for as good an idea as this is, I hate the fact that our Do you know stick- what? Do you know what, guy? Can I take this opportunity to say one might call it the worst idea of all time. I love that. 
I just don't like the fact that we identify as, and rightfully so, the people who, like, our whole shtick is built on commitment. (laughs) And nothing but. And so as soon as you said, as soon as you knew it was possible to watch this movie again, Mm. and you said we were doing it, for how much I wanted it not to be the case... Like, as soon as you floated the idea, I knew it was over. But that's the magic. Don't you get it, guy? That's the magic. We're living in a post-truth era, and the reason people gravitate towards this podcast is because you and I put a stake in the ground, and we do what we commit to. You know? The amount of people who have asked me, do you really watch the movie every time? Guys... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it wouldn't be possible yes. to reduce ourselves. You couldn't do this. To this emotional rubble. You couldn't do this if you didn't. It's not possible to achieve the <laughs> depravity that we've found ourselves in. It'd be so transparent. I actually think that's true. I don't think we're skilled enough, performers, actors, writers, whatever you want to put a label on it, I don't think we could pull off that level of lying. I think very few people could, to be honest. In saying that, if someone could develop a bot by which they feed the scripts or dialogue of the previous episodes we've recorded into the bot and then send us the script, I would love to take a week off where instead of watching the movie, we just read out what is described in the telly or radio play. Would you do that with me? Uh, Yeah, sure. What if I wrote us a 30-minute script? <laughs> in the style of an AI? No, I'd write it as a replacement for watching the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. And that would count towards our 52 screenings? Well, what's the script of? Like, this universe, this film? It's like uh, it's us. Oh, meta. Yeah, totally. So it would be, I would write an episode instead of us recording it's one. 30 pages, it's a lot. I think there's way more effort than just doing the episode, my guy. I would rather do it. Okay. I'd love for that to happen. Noted. Great. What would happen if I struck you in the tummy right now? Nothing good, eh? I'm full of liquid. Those cup noodles are so good, eh? That's one of those foods that is disproportionately tasty for how much it costs. Cup of noodle soup. Cup of noodle. The, um, I don't know what the brand is, but that me goring stuff. Haven't been able to touch it for a little while. Because I'm fucking around with veganism. And in the sauce is, uh, I think, some fish stuff or something. Yeah. They make a vegan variant, but it's not in the supermarket shelves in New Zealand, sadly. Well, how about that? Mm. What's going on in there? You had a lot of look at your phone. You got quite concerned. There's a lot of messages waiting for you. I can see that on your home screen. It's not too much. My my 6 p.m., the meeting Mm. I had lined up Mm. after this has been postponed. It's been postponed, everybody. the person with whom I was meeting. You've already said it's Alice. On one hand, I'm happy. Yes. On the other hand, I'm not. Okay, very good. What are you doing after this? I've got a gig tonight. Where are you going? Oh, the classic. I'm doing a gig fundraiser for something for a, for a guy who needs some money. We've got Miranda. We've got Steve. We've got Sadness. We've got New Year's. We've got Cup Noodle Soup. Who else got... is on the lineup? <laughs> I cannot explain how boring it would be to get into that. 
for anyone listening. How interesting would it be for me? I don't even know if I remember. I can't remember. Consumer of comedy. Just fucking Google it, mate. It's fine. It doesn't need to be held in amber like a Jurassic Park walking stick. You know? Um, Here's the thing about Steve, everybody. He tries. He's a man who tries. (laughs) It's an unbeatable theme song, eh? That John Williams. Like, there hasn't been another like him. What theme song are you talking about? Hans Zimmer does a good job. He can put together an orchestral score which will elicit fear, um, intrigue, I would say, and like uh, uh, sort of ambition. But there is nothing and no one that approaches a John Williams theme. They're utterly unique. Totally iconic. Superman, he wrote it. Star Wars, that's him. Fucking Jurassic Park, there's John Williams. That is pretty good. Some other ones. John Williams. Can I Jaws? ask you... I think that might have been John Williams. How much longer do you think is left in this movie? It's impossible to tell. It's impossible to tell. Uh, we're at New Year's, so I'm going to say 45 minutes. I think it's an hour. Do you? Can you check, please? Nope. But the curiosity will kill me. I know, but you just told me there's no stakes left for you because your meeting got postponed, so I'm not letting you know. You just got to vibe it out. This is a travesty, an affront to podcasting and to the format of director's commentaries. And like both in our canon and the format of director's commentaries as a whole. The thing is, at this point, anyone still listening is either hoping we spark up one more flint of creativity between us. Yes. Or the odds are low, P.S. They're so far beyond caring about You're just about here that. with us in the trenches just, at this point. They just want to know, like, they just want to finish it. And they're idiots. Hey, who are the Bronte sisters? Uh, Charlotte Bronte is the most famous. They are a collection of, I think, turn of the century, 19th and 20th century British authors. Oh. That's what I think. So when when they make that Bronte sisters joke, that's what I imagine. I have no means of proving it. Uh huh. I always thought they were like dilettantes or something. Well, there you go. Socialites, you know. Dilettante's such a good word. We've got to bring it back. I hadn't heard it before. A dilettante. Did I make it up? No, it's real. What words do you like? Dilettante. Attorneys general. And a moose bush. Oh, I love a moose bush. What does that mean? It's the pre-appetizer. It gives it excites the taste buds. Oh, where does it slide in next to hors d'oeuvres? Pre. I think it's before everything. Before hors d'oeuvres? It gets served on a tiny little spoon thing. You just have a mouthful of it. Woof! It's just there to turn the mouth on. A lot of people don't know that. Between meals, the mouth... Famously turned off. <laughs> it does. It's like a coal mine. You gotta fire it back up. You gotta get those taste buds rocking and rolling. Is there a place for laughter in the bedroom? Mm. I'm here with Tim Bat, sexual anthropologist <laughs> and podcaster. <laughs> Tim, what yeah. do you think? Um yes. Thank you so much for your time. Join us next week when I'm talking to paleontologist Andrew Michelson as I ask him. Were dinosaurs gay? <laughs> Andrew Michelson. 
That's a very silly name. I'm not here to make fun of anyone's name, my guy. I am. Andrew Michelson is utterly ridiculous. This is my second most hated sequence in the film, where we show Carrie Bradshaw walking through the snow in New York City to get back to her lovely friend, Miranda Hobbs. And it just goes on for too long. We've got some cross-cutting. We have a look inside the... um, What's her name? Charlotte... uh, What's Charlotte's last name? York. Charlotte York's household. See a lovely kid. We've seen Samantha Jones. They reuse footage in this. No way, really. Charlotte York and Harry... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Goldenblatt and Charlotte York... The same scene in which Charlotte says, thanks for being you, and yeah. they have sex four times that week, yeah. they use literally and yeah. overlay the same footage of them having sex on New Year's Eve. Do they have sex? Wait, they don't have sex in this, do they? In this sequence? Yeah. I don't know if it's already been, but I've noticed it. Been. I haven't said it to you yet. It's absolutely true. They double down. It is a fucking disgrace. What the fuck? Do we see them have sex in this scene? That's wild. Because we see them hanging around with their kid. That's Will. The love of um, Louise's life. This I love. I love you loving this. Mr. Big having dinner by himself. He looks like he's enjoying himself. Steak and a glass of red wine. Fucking great meal. So good. Steve, you got it going on, This is the thing I think that sets off a lot of women who we've talked to. Steve asleep next to his gorgeously four-year-old boy in the bed. Like, that's, you know, people love that. The people love people that. People have been upset, though, by the fact that they're getting them to do the exact same body language. They're like, oh, fucking come on, I get it. Nah, it's cute. It's condescending. Um, although you have hosted more guests than I, so you know all the in-betweeny bits. See, you're full of shit, man. We don't see Charlotte It might have already fuck. been. We do. But we just saw her with her kid. It uh, wasn't preceding that. I've observed it out loud before. I'm very intelligent. I'm never wrong. You're a smart man and you're infallible. I agree. But I haven't seen it. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. I am the people's champion. This hat. Uh, and this a very fucking nice hat. boy. It's like she uh, took a disco ball, smashed it in half with an axe, and put one of those halves on her head. Idiot. <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw, I'm all for avant-garde. What you're doing is beyond the pale. I love it. I love hearing you rile up. It's fucked. Oh, this. Oh, Guy Montgomery's won it, ladies and gentlemen. High five for my boy. Thank you. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That's nuts. They said we're not going to catch that. That's fucking nuts. It only took us 20 watches. I'm not just watching this 52 times. Sometimes I'm watching it twice in a row. Better luck next time, me in character as a director. That's right. I noticed the mistakes I made. One of them was agreeing to do the season. The other one... Overlaying the same footage of Charlotte and Harry having sex as I used earlier in the fucking movie. Have we expressed extreme regret every season we've come back? Absolutely! <laughs> hey, how are you? I like jazz music, but I also like reggae. I guess it's just part of the tone and tenor of what we do, isn't it? Agree to something, instantly regret it, and then <laughs> but commit and see it through. <sighs> I've never been to New York Fashion Week, but if I did go, I yeah. would go as a designer. What would I design? Corduroy clothes. Fuck, I could so see you doing that. Yeah. Guy Montgomery, a whole line. It would be, um, what, what are your initials? Guy Alexander Halifax, G-A-H-M. Gum? Gum? Gum corduroy. Gum cords. 
people would go fucking crazy for that. You should start getting in the biz. You know what I haven't seen, have seen done before? Corduroy, corduroy togs. Oh. Swimmers. I haven't seen corduroy undies. People have seen corduroy <laughs> pants. People have seen corduroy sweaters, shirts, skirts. Here's what Monty's bands. going for. Shoes and corduroy and swimmers. Corduroy. corduroy. Here's the thing. Corduroy's heavy. Yes. It carries viscosity. It carries moisture. It carries smell. Yeah. Why not take advantage of that? Yeah. Uh, in what regard? Well, a lot of people are putting materials on shoes that don't retain smell, that provide breathability. Yes. I'm saying, why not zig where the fashion world zags? Why not put a corduroy shoe out? Why not put out some corduroy underpants? Why not capture the problems that persist? Yes. <laughs> not problems, but... So this- you're saying, like, in the same way that the Ghostbusters turn up to an abandoned hotel and trap a ghost in a trap, you're saying, get the smells of feet and trap them inside the shoe. Is that what you're getting at? Corduroy house shoes. I love it. The stinkers inside. That's the trademarked fucking slogan for it. Gar cord shoes. The stinkers inside. Oh. Do you like the work of Haruki Murakami? Is that Studio Ghibli or is that a different thing? It's Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Obviously. Obviously, I'm not familiar enough with the uh, with the form to know. Yeah, I don't like either of them either. I love them. <laughs> I'm thick, but I'm also quite nice. I like you like a smoothie. I like. Here's what I here are some here are five things I like. Okay. I uh, I like seeing someone else be excited. Cool. I like skin-on-skin contact. Okay. I like taking a walk in the fresh air, hot or cold. Very good. I like when you wake up in the morning and you're ready to get out of bed immediately. There's no grace period where you have to wake up. And I really, really like scrambled eggs. Date, dump, or marry? Me. And... I'm asking you. I told oh, and you usually supposed to have three things. I in told the you five things. Oh, okay. Of those, so I'm going to marry scrambled eggs. No, no, no. Okay. Me. <laughs> what? I told you five things about myself. Do you want to date me? Dump me? Oh, or marry me? okay, 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 okay. Date. Yes. With an eye to marriage. <laughs> A possibility. The door is the door is open. Oh man, we don't kiss enough. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing. We don't kiss enough. Do you like little tomatoes? Cherry tomatoes. I love them. Me too. Nature's candy. <laughs> I hate big tomatoes, though. They can go to hell. Yeah. You see someone eat so one of those watery. like an apple? Look at this fucking wasabi. Um, No. Some pick up a tomato and hoe into it like it's a goddamn apple. It's mental. Makes me sick it's to my frickin' stomach. Although, that being said, to each their own. If you want to enjoy a tomato in the same way that I would enjoy an apple, I guess power to you. I just find it personally repugnant. Fuck, man. What Carrie's wearing in this scene's cool, though. I like it. Knee-high boots, cool, like, sort of mid-length short skirt, and just a fucking cool black top. And who should be on the cover of the magazine How in front of the vote? How many fucking balloons... 
1,000. Down from 5,000. I know we talk about it a lot, but you get a scope for it in that establishing shot because it pans from the roof to the floor and you finally see how many balloons we're dealing with. It's fucking hundreds at minimum. Do you know what the hardest job in the world is? Blowing up balloons? Right, it's one of the hardest. What is? Um, Are you going to say motherhood? <laughs> initially. Oh, yeah, that is what I was supposed to say. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. going to say. What are you going to say but now? As soon as I thought of it and asked the question, I changed my mind. I don't know. Concrete mixer. Nah, it's easy. No, but no, by hand. It's fucking hard. Oh, yeah. You fucked up doing that with a shovel. You get injuries. You get injuries, mate. People throw their backs out all the time mixing concrete with a shovel. It's fucking hard. I've got yakker. a strong back. Super hard yakker out there. I've got a strong back. You need to get out there mixing concrete, mate. My spine has been described as unbreakable by Men's Fitness magazine. Is that right? Yeah, they did a whole they did a whole interview with me where they slammed my spine with a shovel. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, once full face of the shovel. The other time they were like using just the the thin end of the shovel. How did that even come about? World's strongest man hammering a shovel into my spine. Broke his wrists. Jesus. Fact. (laughs) Just say fact. Yeah. Just use fact as punctuation on a sentence, folks. Anyone can do it. It's just a word. Fact. It's monosyllabic. Just throw it in. Say something. Say anything you want. And then just punctuate it with fact. But don't be confused by the fact Tim's saying that right after I've said something that's actually true. No, no, no. Let us not take away from the very true fact that guy has an unbreakable spine, according to Men's Fitness magazine. Famously. And that magazine, do you know, more so than the New York Times or New York Magazine, National Geographic, Time, The New Yorker, The Economist, all of these magazines, Mm -hmm. Men's Fitness has never had to retract not just an article, but any statement within an article. The most factually accurate magazine in the history of journalism on the record is saying I have an unbreakable spine. If you see me, fly kick me from behind. See how the fuck your leg's feeling. you need to retract this bit. (laughs) This will not go well for you. You're going to be paralyzed, man, and you'll be partially to blame. No, a lot Can, of people right, are going to be walking it. around I'm with stepping in. I'm ste- I so rarely do this. I'm stepping in. Guess what, everybody? It's Tim Bat from the real world here. Please never kick guys squarely in the back. Come at me. He's joking. Literally, he is this, full force. This is a gag. As fast as you can. You've got to not do it. Foot in the spine. You'll be criminally prosecuted. See how the fuck you do. It's assault. If Come you, at me. Please don't do it. It's assault, and you will also like beyond the law stuff. You will be. F- Potentially killing a man If not paralyzing him for life Please don't do it Neither of this those This is my friend who I care deeply about Don't kick him in the back Risk it If you ain't shit What's going on with you man? Dude I'm just having a look at Miranda's necklace eh? Some um, Illuminati iconography <laughs> Stuck into the film We're back in the baby form of that golden dragon um, Nudity Very important to the church of Satan We've got that in the form of Samantha Jones. Those are such heavy earrings. Massive, eh? Earrings are so trippy, eh? Have you thought about earrings before? Sometimes. It's so weird because it's like a cosmetic addition, generally, to a woman, to be like, this is sexy. I, I put some metal on my head. And it's like, fair dinkum. It looks great. But it's like, what's that about? Because most makeup, so for example, you get lipstick, right? Uh-huh. According to evolutionary psychology, it's because if your uh, lips are really red, it, it uh, is a sign of, um, uh, what's it called? 
What's it called? Like the human vision of you're horny, basically. Heat. Yeah, you're horny. You're in heat. Um, but like with you ever earrings, seen a dog? What, what the fuck are earrings supposed to be? You, you know? S- yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that about? It's an addition. It's a, it's a totally inhuman thing. But I guess fashion's like that too. Absolutely, none way. of it makes sense. It's crazy. And you and I, we turn ourselves out as best we can every I day. I don't. I certainly you don't. in suits of linen, yeah. me in suits of cork. But that big bad wolf's going to take us both down because there is one little piggy who dresses in brick, and he's the only one who's going to see out the day. Toes for fingers or fingers for toes? Toes for fingers, absolutely. Truly, absolutely. That is crazy. <laughs> You got no the wrong one. You got no fingers. I went in so quickly. No, 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 no. Tell me why. Here's why. Because wella, wella, wella. If you have fingers for toes, you literally can't walk. And 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 there's a lot of handstands. He's got me there. You think I'm going to trip around like that? No. You just learn how to walk. If you've got toes. For hands. We're getting into other territory now. Got, if I'm allowed to walk on my finger toes, on my feet, of course sign me up. But presumably, they trained in a flash. I'm an adult. I've formed all those fucking pathways in my head. I can't walk on fingers. Can I? I can walk you, on toes. How are you going to pick up the phone? How are you going to write an email? I actually reckon you could with toes. I reckon you could. They've got no reach. Look at my um, second toe. It's very long. Still no reach. It's dexterous as fuck. No dexterity. You're lying. I can do so much more with my pointer finger than you can with your index toe. Yeah, but but you still got to walk. I love walking. I want to retain that ability. Don't you? Samantha is at a real love him or leave him moment with Smith Jarrett. This is the most confusing moment of the movie where they've had a bit of a fight on Valentine's Day. He's been delayed at the film studio while he's been doing work. He turns up. She has been laid naked on the table, covered in sushi, which she handmade herself as a delightful Valentine's Day treat. Smith Jarrett, after making light of the situation and ushering in the ire of a 50, sorry, 49-year-old Samantha Jones, who has never in her life tolerated waiting at home and making a meal for a man before, said to reckon with the fact that she's actually sacrificing something for a relationship. And the point of confusion comes in the form of Smith Garrett getting out a box of chocolate... Chocolates? What is it? A heart of... Like a, a chocolate box out of his bag... What are we, the viewer, supposed to take away from this? What's the exposition? What's the value? What's the purpose? Are we supposed to feel, like, bad for Smith that he went out of his way to get some fucking gas shop chocos on the way home? That's the thing. Do you know in New Zealand, your Valentine busts out a heart-shaped box of chocolates? You think, wow, they've gone to some element of trouble to reveal this because... We don't have heart-shaped boxes of chocolate readily available at various different places. That's true. In America... Like, is that I, true in America, though, as well? No, it's everything is so available. I always think it. You know when you see people giving gifts in American TV shows and movies, and they're always in these big bags with bows tied on them? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, wow. That's just everywhere. I would love to get a gift out of that bag. That bag's 99 cents at the corner store. That shit is everywhere. 
New Zealand is a backwater hellscape where we have neither shops nor happiness. Absolutely. We're not allowed to send texts after 11pm on weekdays That's because true. it will crash the telecommunication system. And we've got to reserve it for our spies and politicians to use. That's it's absolutely fucking bogus and it really drives me nuts. It's the fact that Steve we're not allowed... Brady, you fuckable little runt. All right. This is the scene that really riles Sky up in terms of Steve Fashion. Could you describe what he's wearing in a style of Joan Rivers, R.I.P.? Steve Brady's wearing a pair of Levi Strauss fives. I don't know. I can't do her voice, but he looks fantastic. He's wearing some dark wash Levi Strauss jeans. I actually can't see his boots, but I'm imagining that they're Blundstones, brown leather, Pretty tasteful, pretty functional, multi-seasonal shoes. He's got on a tartan shirt, a collar popping over the top of a sort of nut brown v-neck cashmere sweater. The guy, honestly, is dressed as timelessly as anyone at any point in this movie. Not emphasised any harder or more than immediately afterwards when Carrie Bradshaw and Miranda Hobbs have prit a manger in a bodega, not a bodega, in a pagoda, or a what's that called, Tim? You're doing great. What's this called? This this construction. I can't remember. I, uh, anyway, I can't remember. all that to say, it doesn't matter where they're eating lunch, but they're eating it in some of the most fucking ridiculous and distasteful garb imaginable in the year of our Lord and Savior, 2019. Both in knee-high boots. One of their boots aren't actually boots; they're tartan socks. The other, torn white leather. Up to the fucking knees, baggy as anything, a mustard scoop neck skivvy with a blue woolen coat over the top. It's actually got hoodie drawstrings in the front of it, that mustard skivvy as well. Carrie's top half does not look as disrespectful as it's it does. It's good. I like the in jacket. In the context she's got on. of her full outfit. Cool coat, man. Steve Brady is a hot piece of ass who needs to get his. We did. That's the whole problem of this film. I love Pret a Manger. Is that the place they got the Sammies? Yeah, it's just like it's especially prominent in London. It's just like a a, a sort of healthy and quick corner store, but they're everywhere. You can get salads, sandwiches, wraps, hot and cold foods, coffee, cookies, pastries. Why aren't they in New Zealand? Um. Honestly, money here, eh? same reason Starbucks didn't take off in New Zealand. Are we you joking me? We've got a lot of Starbucks here. Not really. You reckon? No. No, maybe not. We demand a more. Lot. We demand better. We have an incredible coffee and cafe culture. That's we true. are That's operating on an true. elevated platform. That's true. We've got a lot of. We've actually got the best of all available options, which is independent cafes, one-offs. Absolutely, and they're good. They are in the big cities. They're good, and in the small cities, they're present. Do you know, you can get a coffee from a roadside vendor in New Zealand. Mm. Same quality as you might get at a prestige coffee house in America. Do you know who I'm most impressed with? <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the director's commentary of Sex in the City and the movie The Movie. Do you know how I'm most impressed with is uh, the company formerly known as British Petroleum, BP, who about maybe 20 years ago now, launched, uh, what the fuck is it called? Wild Bean. Bean. Wild Bean Cafe, which is an add-on establishment to their um, gas station. And uh, everyone was very derisive at the time. These guys suck. Like, we want real coffee, da-da-da. The coffee there, fucking top-notch. It's all throughout the country. 
These people are not baristas necessarily, but they're trained to a very high standard. They're there to, you know, be cashiers at a gas station. They pump out a consistently excellent quality of coffee. Absolutely. And, and that's New Zealand. We wouldn't tolerate anything less. We fucking love... If Their you baked to a goods Kiwi, are nothing to sniff at either. If you took, well, that's because they don't make them on site. They they have very good suppliers. If you go to a Kiwi and have a chat to them about their adventures in Europe, they will all tell you the same thing. Went to France, loved it, great people, terrible coffee. Went to Italy, loved it, great people, terrible coffee. Went to London, loved it, great people, terrible coffee. New Zealand, very fucking good at coffee. The best cafes throughout Europe, the UK, and America are run by Antipodeans. I'm talking Australians, I'm talking New Zealanders. I can't believe how happy I was to see a naked breast in the last <laughs> screening of the film. This time, I honestly find the sight of this graphic sex scene confronting that much? and disgusting. I think that simply depicts your level of sobriety or lack thereof in the last screening. What are these sunnies, I don't man? know that I necessarily... These look like fucking... These look like the glasses you get if you have eye surgery and you can't look directly into the sun. They That's what Samantha's are. rocking. She said LASIK. I don't know that I'm more carnal when drunk. There we go. Soak that in, everybody. You want to fuck Kyle Montgomery? Get a little tequila on him. Saying, I don't know that I am, I was saying. Oh, yeah, it's an open question. Are oh, you saying try it with tequila? I'm try saying, it without? I'm saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Get even though there. I didn't mind missing it last time, I'm not going to be called out by you for once again. Here we go. Dante's a prime me. opportunity for a glimpse at Dante's dick. Give me that thick turgid piece of meat put it in a mixing bowl stir up some cake batter baby this boy's hungry for dick right still alive and it's such an unsexy shot <laughs> i know also it's a classic like you know when you're in the shower and water's flowing through your torso onto your appendage and it runs off the end of it, not as though you're urinating, but in this weird kind of deflective stream. It does look like you're urinating, kind of. It captures that perfectly on yeah. screen there. Do you piss in the shower? Of course. I'm a fan of Mother Nature. Interesting. What better way to protect the planet than pissing in the shower? I spent a long time not pissing in the shower. and then every- I brush my teeth in the shower. I piss in the shower. I do everything in the shower. <laughs> I read in the shower. Listen to podcasts in the shower. I listen to podcasts in the shower. I actually recently got a uh, waterproof Bluetooth speaker, so now I have started to I've listen got one to too. Uh, um, podcasts in the Ultimate shower. Ears? Nah, I got a fucking JBL one. That's right. This podcast is brand agnostic because we're not sponsored by a company who make Bluetooth speakers yet. But I uh, pray for the day when that changes. We've got a little way oh, to go. fuck. I never noticed that. Did you see that picture board on the left that love. says love? God, spare me. That's fucked. This guy confuses the hell out of me. The coat check in this scene? Why is he there? Uh, What's happening with this coat check? Look, who's to say? Just fucking put... There's 20 people in the room. Hang your own coat up in the closet. Why is there a guy? Is this a New York thing? No, this is nonsense. This is what I say when this is not representative of my New York experience. Charlotte York has the biggest house out of the three char- four characters in this movie. Yeah. It's her baby shower. What are we doing at Carrie's bachelor pad? Fair call. I think it's tradition to throw the shower for someone else. You know what I mean? You don't throw it for yourself. 
logistics. You can't. They've put had on to a hire a coat man party for and a rack of coats in the hallway. They're they're infiltrating other people's space. They're a frustration in someone else's day. Mm. What do you think of that blue on the wall? Not for me, but I can see how she, I can see how Carrie chose it. I love cold. I love that bit of acting from Cynthia Nixon. I love it every week. She is listening. She is watching. Acting is reacting. Yes, and Cynthia Nixon, that. of everyone in the movie, does the best job of it. Mm-hmm. I've learned a few things this screening. I have enjoyed elements of Charlotte York's friendship. Previously, that has been absolutely invisible to me because I get so cross with her for screaming all the time. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't scream all the time. There's a couple examples of it. Two, three. Every day. I used that quote oh, no. recently. Here we go. Not all day, every day, but with your every beloved? day. Yes. Oh. Got away with it too. Did you? Absolutely. You haven't now. Um, the line, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, because I I want the very best for you, and I hope you're not watching the movie right now, and even if you are, you're obviously listening to us. The line is, "How um, uh, relationships aren't about being happy all the time. And then uh, one of them says, how, happy, how often, oh, what did she say? How often are you happy in your relationship? And then Carrie says, I think that's for you, and throws it over to Charlotte. And Charlotte says, every day. And uh, I think Miranda says, every day. And then Charlotte says, yeah, every day. Not all the time, every day. Not but all every day, day, every day. Oh, not all day, every day, but every day. I said it before. It's a, cu- it's a, cu- it's a good sentiment. line. It's not a bad bit of script writing. No, nah, it is a good line. You're right there. I would be wrapped if I was terrified to break up with someone and they came in wearing a fedora. <laughs> and she's already got... Dude, you are so right about that. There is something indicative about, like, I have joined a firearm club recently that a fedora communicates. This it's like, I've got a gun license now. Stupid-ass fedora-wearing motherfucker has just walked past all of his partner's packed bags yeah. literally by the front door. He knows what's up, though. This way he's so accepting. He knows what's up. He's an actor. He's, he's This is foe. Hey, there's he's, no such thing as a gun license in America, right? He's a good partner. I don't know. Probably not. Because it's in the I remember the first time I went there, I was terrified to see that the cops had guns. That tells you a little something about New Zealand. Yeah, man. I had that in Mexico, and they had semi-automatic rifles. It was fucked up. In a shoe store. They're protecting a shoe shop. Oh, God. What have I done? You're really creating quite a, a dangerous I'm mess. just trying to get my dog. My dog's come to visit. I'm going to pick him up because he's cute. Hey. Tim's not wrong, everybody. Him and Zoe do share one of the most beautiful puppies you'll lay eyes on. The thing... It's got a scruffy sort of medium length hair. What sort of dog is this? He's called a Schnacko. He's a um, three-quarters miniature Schnauzer and one-quarter Jack Russell. Oh, my God. What a beautiful blend. He looks like a teddy bear come to life. No one can capture the beauty of a dog on camera. Dogs. Do you know what? Do you know what Instagram does a bad job of representing? What? Dogs, cats, and the moon. <laughs> the moon's hard to photog. Uh, for, to for Absolutely, the moon's hard to photog. Look at this shit, man. She's in business class and she bought a seat for her doggy. It's yeah. crazy shit, man. She's doing well. She's Samantha a self-made Jones, woman. How much money is she making? So much money. So she's got two clients. She's got Skinny Jenny, or whatever her name was, Thinny Jenny, which we only know about from the book, Sex in the City and the movie and the movie, the movie book, um, <laughs> and Smith Jared. 
they must be making a sensational amount of money for her to get a percentage of their earnings and get two fucking business class. Although I guess it's it's within the country. Still. Still. By coastal. She's going from one coast to the other. You do the math. Where does this leave us? What the fuck are we talking about, eh? Carrie and, Carrie and uh, Miranda have made up. Samantha's broken up with Smith Jarrett. Uh, Miranda and Steve are back together. I have the dog. Charlotte is openly pregnant, but not yet to give birth. That's what remains. We've got two key plot elements to go. We need Carrie and Big to reunite, and we need Charlotte and Harry to have their baby. Mm. And once that's done... We're done. We're done. That's pretty cool. We're literally waiting on other people to get through their day's work. We're sitting at the office. We've finished our work. Yeah, it's okay. He'll do that. He's a puppy. We're watching other people type on their computers, thinking, as soon as you finish this fucking email, we are out of here. No. 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 Rufus? What he's doing, folks, is he's chewing on the headphone cable, which I I get. I get it. He loves doing stuff like that. I shouldn't put it in his line of sight. Oh, we are about to see Charlotte giving birth. Very exciting. (laughs) If you can hear some fast breathing and... um, Mic bumps that is Rufus trying to eat the microphone. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Big loves going out for meals by He himself. fucking does, eh? This is the second example we've got of it. He's out for a little lunch solo. I love that. I love that. One cuisine the rest of your life. Tell me about it. Mate, after going to Vietnam, contender. But probably Japanese. Nice. Healthy. You? Although, if I wasn't um, vegan or vegetarian, probably Mexican. I fucking love Mexican. If I wasn't a vegetarian, I would go to Japan. Uh, If I had my current diet, Italian, but it's not healthy. It's not going to do much good for me. I don't know. They seem to live for a long time. Oh, boy. I'm going to put you down. Oof. He's getting bigger, guy, I'll tell you that. Do you know this fucking dog, mate? So we got him when he was eight weeks old. That's two months if you're listening at home. Oh, he's trying to tuck into the corn chips. Um, we got him at uh, two months old, and he was uh, two kilograms, and one week later he was three. So he added 50% of his body weight in seven days. A day is a week in dog years. So then seven weeks. Yeah. That's uh, almost two months. Is that right? Yep. A year, seven seven years, yeah. It's my lot in life to be surrounded by beautiful women. That is not Guy Montgomery speaking. That is Guy Montgomery channeling Harry Goldenblatt after the birth of his second daughter. Carrie's very happy. She's saying there's no drama. They're saying, well, there was drama, all oh, right. Fuck. Charlotte actually had her water break after Bro. she told off big stop, in an Italian stop, restaurant. Stop, stop. I can't tolerate this. I'm bringing everyone up to speed. I know, but I don't want to. I'm saying it and I can't hear it. Well, my fucking brother, ask me a question. AMA. AMA. Guy Montgomery. AMA. I got no questions for you. Um, when was the first time you swam? Can't remember. I did swimming lessons at a place called Jelly Park. Jelly Park, I remember it well. 
it shared a, uh, a you know a, a footage with Burnside High. That's right. I'd be very curious to know what the rate of children and adults who can and can't swim is globally. Jelly Park at the actual park where I had my first uh, kiss. Well, there you go. Yeah, I remember that actually. I'm After my first my swimming eyebrows. lesson, you were clapping and clapping me along on the sides. So it was. I don't know what you were talking about just then, actually. Oh, man. I don't even feel sorry for the people still listening. Rest assured. It's on you at this point. Yeah, what you are experiencing is what we experience week in, week out, which is literally clock watching without (laughs) watching the clock. But you can look at it. You can look at the podcast app or whatever platform you're listening on and say, oh, my God, the lads only have 15 minutes left. It's probably less. It's probably 10. We don't know. Probably down to 10. We don't know, though. That's the thing. Probably down to 10. Literally the only action remaining is for Carrie and Big to be reunited and for her to meaninglessly reflect upon it in some sort of fucking overarching narrative that doesn't make any sense within the world of the film or beyond it. I've needed to pee for about an hour and a half. Me too. I respect that neither of us have. Same. I'm going to drink the rest of this bottle of water. Yeah, I think it's important that we hydrate as much as possible. Did you feel better two and a half hours ago? Versus right now? No. No, I feel better now. Two and a half hours ago, I, was, I think I was a bit drunk. Undoubtedly, we were both quite drunk. It's quite a weird thing to, um, you know, be on the record while you're sobering up, like through the process of it. It's not good, not good, not good. doesn't make for great content, but, uh, you know, here we bloody are. What are you going to do about it? I've always wondered about all of these names that are in... Carrie Bradshaw's inbox as she's searching if through I the emails. I have a chance to live my life again. Just stop to try and find the emails from Big that I she's just found stand- out. I love stand-up comedy, bro. That exists, uh, that she's found out from Harry. And and she's going through, there's a lot of names in there. She's like, here's an email to Carrie from Charlotte. Here's one from Bill. Here's one from whatever. And there's like a ton of different names in there. I want to delve in find out who these other who are they are they in the TV show it would be fucking cool if that was referencing episodes from the TV show I doubt they took the time but it would be fucking cool it, we're not watching the arrest Aiden of, did Aiden send a message no. I hope so I, I haven't seen I guess, it on screen do you know what you think about that's interesting you think about the reveal of Aiden in at the souk in uh, Abu Dhabi you think about Aiden's relationship to Carrie and the series and the TV show, and the fact he's unseen this entire time in the movie, that was a good play. That was a good play in the second film. Not well executed, but seeing him, that stirs something up in the hearts and minds of the audience. Must have been a big game. It would have been massive. To use the we term of art in the Sex and the City world, we can't must have been a, Mr. Big. We can't appreciate these moments as much. Because we don't have the backstory. Does she? SJP. I'm game recognized game. I bite my fingernails. It looks like she's got little stubbly fingernails. Surely not, though. She's a fucking fashion icon. We're down to six minutes, surely. Try and get a shot of her hands, bro. Look at that. Oh, no, she's all good. She needs to go across town to pick up her shoes. Thank you for this call to action. Jennifer Hudson, you are a fucking saint. Move oh along, my move God. along, move along. This was a recent shining light, the grandma over there. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic she does good. reaction, love that. Push it along, push it along. 
push it along, push, push it along. Fuck. That. I like that she poo-poos the veil. Yeah, yeah. It's a good call the, on the, uh, Louise's. The woman front. who is peddling the veil is yeah. absolutely devastated to see that <laughs> one didn't take seed. Yeah, you know. She's there to sell bridal shit. One less sale is one less the dollar. Three, made for $500. Shoot, they're actually 500 Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go across town. Fuck, yes, 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 yes. No Get in the cab. About. Hey, we went to this location. This is Carrie Bradshaw's Brownstone, which we went on the tour and Sold to the person. current owners without their knowledge that it was the facade they, that was used for Carrie's apartment in the very popular Series 6 in the city. They're incredibly unhappy about that fact as well, folks. Please, 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 if I can impart one call to action um, as a result of this entire season... Don't go and visit Carrie Bradshaw's Brownstone in New York City. The owners didn't know what they bought into. Incorrect. And they are unhappy about the amount of tourists. I would like to finish Tim's sentence. Don't go to visit Carrie Bradshaw's Brownstone apartment in New York City without ignoring the chain link fence across the front of the steps, stepping over it, walking up to the front door, banging your fucking knuckles on it, waiting for them to come downstairs, dishing out a Blu-ray copy of Sex in the City 2 in front of them and saying, How do you, you mind sleep? if I come inside and watch this movie with you? They're going to say 10 times out of 10, absolutely. we do want to educate ourselves and learn about the home in which we live. How could you sleep at night being a real estate agent selling that property without imparting that incredibly important information? Real estate agents are not famously the most morally sound or well-adjusted people in the world. I guess you're right. I'm a real tour baby. I want to be a real tour baby. We're so close to the end now, folks. Carrie and Big have patched things up on the floor of a wardrobe that makes no physical sense in an occupied space they can't afford. Would you rather but be soon? Kid- we're going to get married. We're going to fucking see the gals. We're going to wrap it up with a fiftieth birthday. Would you rather be Kid Kid Rock or Scotty Too Hotty? Who's Scotty Too Hotty? Would you rather be Kid Rock or Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan, bro. Would you rather be Hulk Hogan or The Undertaker? Uh, Hulk Hogan, I think. Would you rather be Hulk Hogan or Dolph Lundgren? Probably Dolph, because he's got a PhD in chemistry. Would you Smart rather be guy. Dolph Lundgren or Bill Clinton? Uh, oh, Dolph, less heat. Would you rather be Dolph Lundgren or Sylvester Stallone? Uh, probably Dolph again, less heat. Would you rather be Dolph Lundgren or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Probably Arnie. Would you rather be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Patrick Schwarzenegger? Patty. Would you rather be Patty or Miley Cyrus? Uh, Patty. Would you rather be Patty or... Oh, to be honest, I thought you were going to go Miley. Oh, okay. What were you going to verse Miley against? Taylor Swift. How about you, bro, in that um, tree of decisions? I'd most like to be Kid Rock. That's the pinnacle for you? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. He's got a good rig. He's got good undies. He's got good politics. Okay, he's got a good rig. A good rig and good undies. <laughs> Defining characteristics of who you want to be in the world. Be the rig you want to see in the world, folks. I think it was... That's what I yell at my Nelson stomach. Mandela That's what I yell that. at my stomach every morning. <laughs> <laughs> be the rig you want to see in the world. Fuck, can we hurry this along, folks? Um, Guy, as we come to the concluding moments of Sex in the City in the movie, the movie, featuring Sex in the City in the movie, the movie, the movie book... What would you like people to know? What are the important factors that they need to have retained from this um, 
harrowing five-hour experience that we've been subjected to. No matter how upset you are by the quality of the product, no matter how frustrated you are by the length of it, the fact that it amounted to nothing, the fact that you have just burned five hours of your life, we feel that fivefold. However frustrated, upset, you know, confused, infuriated you are by the experience, we have lived through that and so much more. I am so sorry and angry and do you know what in spite of all that I still love my boy Tim I love my boy Tim I want you to remember that I love my boy Tim it's very important you remember the guy is a good guy this is a wholesome guy this is the guy you want to be with this is the real guy he's fallen asleep on top of the microphone <laughs> he's spent his his dying breath praising me and for that I will always uh, remember and honour I will honour him always. For he died as he lived, watching Sex in the City, the film. <laughs> but uh, right now, it's time to end on a salubrious note as we reintroduce to the gals in a final fleeting moment of friendship, feminism, and fashion. Pretty good alliteration there from it? me. It doesn't matter what someone creates, how hard they work to create something beautiful or meaningful. If you put your mind to it, if you sit next to your friend Tim Bat and work really hard, shit, that was a tidy wink from Steve. I've never seen that before. You can devalue it. If someone (laughs) makes the best piece of art or cinema in the world, if you really want to, you can find a way to destroy it. Yeah. You can destroy it. You can burn it down to the fucking ground. But that too is art, in my humble opinion. Art is what happens when the product intersects with the person consuming the product. Nice. What we've just put out is not art. It's turds. But if you, but your relationship to the turds could be that's art. That's what creates the art. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fucking cool, man. I like that a lot. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're rating us on iTunes. Um, it's Don't, five or nothing. It's five stars well, or nothing. Well, if you're still honestly. listening, it's got to be five. But it's five or nothing, To guys. everyone who's tuned out before this point of the podcast. If you're watching on the video, um, which I think uh, all going to plan will only be the Patreon subscribers, once again, I cannot thank you guys enough. You've literally kept this thing alive. God bless you, every single one. You're responsible for uh, you're responsible for this. Not quite as much as us, but you're fucking get, getting pretty close. So take some goddamn personal responsibility and stock of your own lives. Hold on, guys. The credits aren't up yet, but we're getting ever so tantalizingly close. The birthday cakes come out for Samantha Jones celebrating her fiftieth birthday, and we are waiting a countdown seconds away from the crane shot showing the intergenerational connection of women hanging out in New York City making a fist of things. Let us see the external go to exterior, cut 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 to exterior. Cut to exterior. This scene reminded me of the beginning of the show. The way the four women are laughing and navigating the cobblestone streets in ridiculously high heels, backlit by the night sky and New York City, and the joy of being with one another. That's how it all started. Sometimes, when we were shooting certain scenes, it was as if time stood still. All else faded away and it was just these four women, yes, older, and hopefully somewhat wiser, but still completely devoted to their dreams, their city, and each other. I loved having this be the last shot of our movie. This is exactly how it should have ended. Stay tuned for Sex in the City 2, coming out to a cinema near you in 2010. 
we just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.